So, so let me ask y'all this question. Like, imagine no. <laughs> gaming was out of your life, like completely. What would you do with that void in your life? A drive. Yeah, like what would your life look like? Did you say a drug? I oh, said drive. <laughs> oh. He just like drugs. Well, if it ain't another day in the super agile nation, what's happening, brothers and sisters out there in the world? I did it. We are here. Let's do this. So I got the brothers themselves here with me. I want to first introduce our brother Kyle. Kyle, welcome. Welcome to the Super Agile World. Feel a brand new day. Oh, oh yeah. That that <laughs> right there, son. Ooh. That's a good memory. You're, you're I'm doing good today. Though. You're in a good memory. Good I mean a good mood. It sounds like you're in a good mood, man. Um so, I can't complain. Okay. Can't complain, of course. The boy Kyle's in a good mood. And of course. We got the brother Steve. Brother Steve, what's happening? Welcome, welcome, brother. Hola, Senor Brad. ¿Qué tal? Oh, hola, uh, Senorita. Mm. Is that correct? I should have known. <laughs> I don't know. What a what a what a cheap like what a low blow. <laughs> it's not a low not blow. a low bl- not a low blow. What am I trying to say? What a cheap like basic oh. retort. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little better, yeah. There you Hit go. me with that whole lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we are recording this post-Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving mm. to, to everybody No longer thankful. There. You know, if you got your thanks in, you should have got your thanks in earlier. If not, you missed your opportunity. Let me, yeah. let me ask y'all. Y'all had a good Thanksgiving? Things were good? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I uh, I left. I went to the. I went out to a cabin in North Carolina with my family. That was fun. Never done that before. Ooh. Left my work computer charger, so I've been struggling <laughs> the last oh, two days. Mm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I would say it was a pretty good Thanksgiving. How about you, Kyle? Kyle. Oh, to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Likewise. Very very good Thanksgiving. Um, didn't lose any chargers this time. <laughs> Good man. Uh, thankfully. Um, did a lot of driving, though. Uh, family lives kind of far away. Oh, yeah. But and we had multiple Thanksgivings. I say kind of far away. It's only like an hour. But we had to drive back and forth a pretty good bit because we had separate Thanksgivings. But otherwise, a lot of, lot of good food, a lot of, lot of good memories. I like it. I'm thankful. Well, I feel like when you live in a city redacted, then you know redacted. everyone's going to be far away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, deep. But I love it in redacted. Yeah. Uh, thereabouts in the bayou. But um yeah. <laughs> on the bayou. In the bayou, we rode crocodiles. Not even alligators. We rode crocodiles. Mm. Wait, crocodiles. alligators, gators, crocodiles, dials, right? Mm-hmm. Crocs. Crocs. <laughs> the shoes. <laughs> yes, the shoe. Oh, speaking of crocs, my 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 Thanksgiving. I spent with my uh, sister and my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law's brother. Are they reptiles? <laughs> it, it, I'll come around to it. <laughs> they refuse to wear anything um, but Crocs. And my niece and my parents, my, my mom and dad. And uh, my brother-in-law's brother got my niece some Crocs. 
So it was like these cute little rainbow crocs. They're like unicorn. She's big into unicorns. So it was, it was pretty cool. And I was like, yo, you got to rock these crocs. And she was like, look at me. She was so happy. So rock um, them crocs. L- little crocs. And also, I think I told you guys already, she was on this donkey tip where she kept going, hee haw, <laughs> just, just randomly. So like we'd just be sitting there watching a movie and then she'd just go, hee haw. Just out of I mean, nobody knows. That could be the sound that unicorns make. True story. Is that going to be the end joke for this episode? Just random. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't plan to do it. I feel like you can't do it now. Now that you put it in. It's yeah. like, you know. Maybe that was um, like a preemptive strike. Smart, smart, <laughs> smart man. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell this story, but all I'm going to say is that on my way back from Thanksgiving, I haven't told you all this yet. Um, me and my wife actually saw right after a police car crashed into the medium of the highway and flipped onto its side like it just happened um and like me like there's some women like a woman there's like two women there i guess who had just seen it happen and they were outside like yelling trying to wave people down so i pull over and then another dude pulls over and me and him are the first people on the scene and the f- only thing that was told to us at the time was his car's still running. So the only thing that meant that meant to us is there's a fire. There's a chance that a fire might break out because it was flipped. Ooh, yeah. And he was trapped in there. We could see his hand moving, like kind of shaking, jittering. Oh, no. But he was trapped and he couldn't move. So me and the dude was just the first time I've ever legally damaged a police vehicle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'll just say, long story short, the police officer's all right. I got to break the the window of a, a police officer. It's a cruiser. It was a big old SUV. Um, a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> in big that, window. In, a, lot of, a lot of window to break. Yeah. So, um, And those the, things are like reinforced, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So we couldn't, we couldn't break it with our kicks. And the other dude was a pretty big dude. And he was like ramming his chest. And he was like, rawr, rawr, and he was like Ooh. banging into it. And he couldn't break it. So I was, we were trying to kick it, trying to get into the car couldn't find ways in the trunk was open but it was like jammed so i couldn't get in there finally um another officer showed up broke it the window like slightly with his little baton and then i and then we were kicking it and then i got a stick i found a stick somewhere uh not a stick it was more like a log and i jammed it in the window and then like broke out the glass and then out of nowhere somebody just runs up from behind me and just starts kicking the window and yelling we gotta get him out we gotta get him just kicking the window and first of all i thought it was a child because it was like a really small like figure with a hoodie on kicking it oh and and it looked like wearing tims so it was the correct (laughs) nice materials but the thing is the way they were kicking it because i'd already broken a hole i was really afraid that they'd kick more and like their leg would go through too far and they cut their ankles which would cause mm. a whole nother problem. So after like three or four kicks, I like pulled them off. I was like, hey, you're gonna cut your ankle. Like, chill out. But long story short, the the I keep saying long story short and then keep going. You sure do. You but, just keep... <laughs> but all I'm gonna say <laughs> Multiple is the, short stories. Eventually the police officer like was able to communicate us after we with us after we broke open the window and he was like, I'm okay. My neck hurts. And he managed to like slide to the back seat from the front. Please seat. stop assaulting my car. So <laughs> I am running. So we decided like we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I kept assaulting. Just <laughs> so we just like all conferred like, hey, since his neck hurts and I we didn't smell any gas. I didn't smell any gas. The car was still running. We were just like, let's just wait till the ambulance comes. 
Let's and, just get that trunk open. You know, so <laughs> get them get get what we need. You know, just looting a police car. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that was an adventure. It was an adventure. It's kind of wild. So you're I, a hero. I have a story to tell. Go for it. From the previous oh. episode, it's a lot shorter. Hopefully. Oh, you're right. That is a nice story. So anyway, like that's... so let's go ahead and jump into the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's gonna Flashbacks. be the running game. I was denied my story last last uh, <laughs> episode. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'll I'll make I'll make a long story short. No, you won't. Uh, my wife and I <laughs> were uh, we were ordering pizza from a unnamed restaurant, and we went Chipotle. to we yes we went to the Got restaurant him. to pick up the pizza, and she waited in the car. I walked in, and there was this guy behind the counter. He caught my eye, and I walked over, and oh. I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm here to pick up a pizza," <laughs> um, and this is a black guy, and you'll see why I mentioned this soon. Hmm. Racism. Um, okay, continue. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so I said, hey, I'm here to pick up a pizza. And he's like, oh, great, for who? And my wife had ordered it. So I said, oh, it's for Kiesha. And he's like, what? I'm like, Kiesha, maybe Kiesha. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. So he goes to the pizza and he goes, goes to the back and gets the pizza. And he comes back and he's looking at me kind of sly. And he's like, hey, man, let me give you a tip. And I was like, what? And I walk over and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, who? So what are you like the Uber driver? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, who, who are you then? And I'm like, dude, I'm, uh, I'm her husband. And I like point, I kind of like gesture to the car. Like she's in the car right there. And he's like, oh, oh man, I was going to tell you like, you know, that's not how you say her name. <laughs> he thought yeah. I was mispronounced. He's like, I thought her name was Keisha. And I'm like, no, everyone everyone thinks that all the time Fair enough. so he was going to try to correct the the poor white guy on how to say the the strong confidently incorrect confidently was correcting me and then Um, steve goes man you really had me sniggering over here (laughs) 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 wakes wakes up three days later in the hospital (laughs) yeah so uh anyway it was um that was my that was my microaggression story i thought kyle appreciated it i thought you would appreciate it I, I appreciate him correcting you. Yeah, I did too. I think I did thank him. I was like, "Look, man, I appreciate you looking out." But she does Ke- get her name mispronounced. Keisha's all the time. never had the heart to correct them herself. Yes, Keisha. Just, <laughs> she just goes by like her nickname all the time. It's like, too much trouble. Ten years later, she's like, "He don't even know my name." Oh my gosh, dude! I would never hear this. I'm putting an A in there. You know, I'll it's t- Kiasha. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Pizza people are always ready to tell you the realness. I remember going to a pizza shop one time, ordering a pizza, <laughs> and the dude who, who gave me the pizza said, hey, man, let me help you out, son. And I was like, okay. He's like, Wisdom. Che- check this out, check this out. He's like, if you ever need pizza, call this number. Oh, my god! <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Is it a different number? Than the- <laughs> he was like, I, I always hook my people up. I always got them discounts on the pizza. What do you mean by pizza? <laughs> and... And I was like, I. He was like, yeah, man, check this out. Just call and tell them. And I I think his name was like Tony. He's like, call, make sure you ask for Tony. I got you. He gives me the number. It's the number for the Papa John's that I just went to. (laughs) (laughs) Legendary. And and he gave. I was like, really, Tony? I didn't even say anything. I was like in high school. He was a grown man. I was just like, I was like, cool. Can you imagine calling a pizza place <laughs> and I, be like, "Hey, can I can I can I get Tony?" Like, 
No. What a what a vague what would <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> like, hey, just call. Anytime you call, ask for me. He was like, he really thought the way he was saying it was like he was really about to put me on game. Like he's about to put me on something I'd never heard about. Some like secret <laughs> secret. He's just like Yeah, yeah. And basically all he's doing is like, I'll give you my employee discount. You pay me eight dollars. I only pay six dollars for it, I make two dollars. That's really what was happening. That reminds me of uh, tomorrow, not Tomorrow War. What was it? That movie we watched with Chris Pratt. Yeah, you had it. Tomorrow. It War. was the Tomorrow. It was War. Tomorrow War. Yeah, we've we've talked about it so much that it has supplanted the Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, as, that's what as, it is. The, <laughs> as like the default Tomorrow yeah, movie. I just assumed I got it wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's great. But it reminded me of like when the part where he was just meeting random people, and they were like, "If you ever need something, you call me." And then like at the end of the movie, he was like, "I know a guy." I feel yeah. like at one <laughs> yeah. point in your life, yeah. You're going to need a pizza really desperately. And you're going to say, I know a guy. <laughs> I-, I wonder if I still you're have that fr- number <laughs> in my phone. Because I, like, I feel like he actually put the number in wrong and I had to correct. Like, he didn't give me enough number letters in the number or something like that. But anyway, that, that no was... No area code. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find it. I'm pretty sure I still have it in my phone. Because I've had the you same... You should ask for Tony. Hey, can I speak to Tony? Hey! Still there? Next time you call him, he's going to have his own pizza kitchen. <laughs> Tony Papa Tony's now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know the secret, bro. If you ever need, I'll tell you, let me hook you up, son. Just call this number and ask for me. <laughs> Gave me pa- Papa John's main line number. So anyway. This number is no longer in service. <laughs> Tony no longer works here. If you're calling for him, <laughs> he in jail. So um, thank you for listening this far. <laughs> if you listen to us just chatter on about crazy stories, I feel like... What we watched right prior to this is what have, has us in this energy. Uh, yeah. You know, we watched a viral video that came from my high school a long time ago. If if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to tell you to look up uh, Eli, I did it. E-L-I, I did it. That was my high school. That was, I was there when it happened. Um, but that video gave us the right energy. But we're going to need this energy because today we're talking about something special, something we've kind of I feel like we've talked about in different ways at different times in different subjects. But really, this idea of like being an adult and being a gamer, which we've talked about many times, but specifically, why do we still play games as adults? You know, and, and things around that, like how do we deal with competing hobbies and could we ever imagine ourselves not being gamers in the future? Because I think. One thing that I've noted about my personal life as I've grown older is that I've had to be a lot more, uh, I don't want to say vicious, <laughs> but um, I don't know. What's ruthless. The, what'd you say? Ruthless. 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 I like ruthless. With my time and what I cynical. like. C- cynical. <laughs> cynical. Just <laughs> negative word. Depressed. Pessimistic. <laughs> Intentional. Intentional. I like that. Not negative. Yes, but a positive. There we go intentional with my time and i have at times had to like question my different hobbies and i have questioned gaming so let me ask y'all like has there ever been a period of time in your life where you thought you know well well let me ask you this why do you still play games as an adult as a grown person with a job married life family like what keeps you playing games like not just mm-hmm. phone games, but like really like console games, PC games, more like full length games at this point in your life. 
I think we've said it before, but it's just like it's something that I grew up with. That's also something that hasn't really been replaced in my life by another medium. Like there's nothing equivalent in the quote unquote adult realm that kind of fills that same niche mm. that games do. Yeah. Um, so that's why I go back to them. It's because I, I just can't get what they offer anywhere else. That's fair. Steve, do you? And there's actually a couple of reasons I can think of right now. Um, I guess the surface is this, like the surface reason is just that I enjoy them. I think that they are a very interesting medium. Like I like he called them the medium, but yeah, like as an art form, I I play games not just for enjoyment, but also for like appreciating them as art. Mm-hmm. You know. The same reason I read or like, I don't know, watch cool artsy shows like there's it's cool to, you know, get into the expressions and the intentions behind what the the not the artist, the game developer was doing and, you know, appreciate all those things. I think it's a legitimate, you know, legitimate art form that needs to be appreciated and going hand in hand with that. I think that I've kind of developed enough experience and taste to like like if i switch to something else what would i do you know like if i act so for example let's say i got really into art like actual like paintings instead of video games as an art form i wouldn't know where to start you know like i haven't been like following famous painters my whole life or you know the different art the different genres of of painting and imaging and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think you start with a single brush stroke. Yes. Mm. Yes, my child. Uh, yeah. I just think that like I've played a lot <laughs> throughout my life and I've enjoyed it and I learned a lot from that. And uh, it's, it's one of the ways that I have chosen to continue experiencing, you know, the, the kind of more beauty abstract side of, you know, being human. That's real. I, I, you know, it's plus I like I like crushing zombies' heads in, under my foot. Hey, there it is. There it is. The violence. I mean, that's what games yeah. are all about: violence, <laughs> teaching violence, particularly to yeah. children. My goal is to violence. one day go on a you know a shooting spree and then blame it on violent video games. Yeah, yeah. With specific games: Doom, Sim, uh, Duke, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Balan Wonderland. Balan Wonderland. Balan. <laughs> that yeah, will evoke game. violence. That's a game that makes you want to have violence against the game developer. Hurt people. It doesn't even matter. Just people. I just want to hurt people. I don't, like I don't. <laughs> you know need who. to feel what I felt. <laughs> you feel my pain. Frustration. <laughs> yeah, you know there is a, a solid like year where I really didn't play any games. Like uh, I think it was like 2018 to like 2020 i think it was like at the same like right after i left ibm actually i think oh. and like right toward the it was like me and kyle made um we had a lot going on amber and during that time i was working as a full-time developer so and we had to work 45 hours a week as a developer at ibm and i was a manager so it wasn't that i was doing 45 hours with manager and that I was also adding another 15 hours as a manager. 
So I would a lot of times go home and do more work. And I also was like really hardcore into game development at that time, you know? So I think for me... I think you had some like relationship stuff happening too that you were trying to manage. Yes, yes. I was in... Life. I was in life was real at that time. Yeah. Life was super real. Because that's when, yeah, Steve had moved down because of relationship happenings. And... Uh, or taking my apartment, but anyway. Um, oh, plus, plus, you were doing stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm like labeling all these things in your life. You're like helping out with like the the church and stuff too. Yeah, I might have been starting to lead a ministry at my church, and also I was traveling back and forth between Atlanta and where I was living at the time, uh, in the deep south in the bayou, and um, so it was extra so busy, a lot going on. But like, I felt like gaming, like the thing that was keeping me from gaming or it was replacing that was like game development mm. and so i almost felt like i was still kind of gaming you know what i mean like but i wasn't playing really any new games i think like the last new game i had played in a long time was like fortnite when it first dropped and then there was like a big big lull and then i picked up gaming again when me and you moved to, into the same moved in together with another yeah. one of our friends and I kind of yeah. started picking games back up. Uh, it's funny because when you were when you were too busy to play games, that was when I was picking up games again. After you know the long drought of of not having a console, not having a laptop that could really do that, just kind of like hoping for the future. <laughs> so do you, do you feel like for you, Steve, when you were not gaming, was it purely because of resources, like like? there's no other option or was it that you just weren't like super plugged in like as yeah well? i think it was i think it was mostly because of resources but i will I, I do wonder if maybe it was also because i mean oh something i should have mentioned earlier is that you know i have a lot of friends who game now and a lot of people i talk to in this kind of community of, of playing games mm. and i think i was less so connected like you just said in the past so there was there were a few people in my life who were prodding me on That's right. like it didn't matter if i hadn't played the latest and greatest because i didn't really know anybody who was playing the latest and greatest mm. whatever mm. so i just I was like whatever i don't care whereas now i'm like man 10 years ago i wouldn't have cared to be like up to date with whatever new game just came out but now I definitely feel that pressure because all my friends pick it up instantly and, mm -hmm. you know, play it in the first 48 hours. And I'm just like, oh, I'll get around. And there's yeah. all the trailers and the directs and so much hype yeah. around games these days. FOMO is real. Yeah. Yeah. It's FOMO. It's hype. It's it's just being plugged. It's just there's there's an element of like of experiencing it with people, not just for, with yourself. Mm -hmm. True. And we've talked about this before. Like, I'm, I'm definitely more of a solo gamer, or I have been traditionally. But the community, especially you two numbskulls, hey. has drawn Why me in. Why I oughta. Why I. Why I oughta. Has drawn me into playing <laughs> games alongside and, like, with people. That's real. That's real. So I want to uh, touch on that for a second. But Kyle, Kyle, have you ever had a drought, like, in your gaming life? Like, mm. where you're just like, mm. I haven't played for a, like a considerable amount of time where you actually noted like, man, I haven't played anything or just, you know what it, I mean? It, yeah, I would say um, towards the in college and a couple of years after, um, I just didn't have a whole lot of time because I was getting my career started. 
uh, trying, you know, trying to find a job, trying to move out of my parents' house. Like there just wasn't, there wasn't the time. And I think that's when my mindset started to shift because before that, even in college, especially in high school, I just had just a surplus amount of time. And so it really was like, I used games to kind of fill that space. But then my mindset shifted to where spending the time on games at that point wasn't bringing value mm. any more than it was like decreasing my stress. Cause right now it's, it's definitely a stress reliever in, in further into adulthood. But at that time, like I was really starting to understand, you know, what we're we talking, being more intentional about my time then. And so I would say that I had a drought, but I didn't really even realize it, hmm. I guess. Cause it was, it was more of a passive thing that kind of naturally occurred. Uh, because uh, when I lived with my sister, especially for a couple, it might have been a, a whole year, but um, I I had just a little room in her apartment, and I don't even know if I had a TV in there. But I didn't have a I didn't have a console, and you know I was getting up at four o'clock to go work in a plant, and then getting home around seven, and wanting to just pass out. So it was oh, like man. you know months of that. I had I really didn't even have the desire to play games. And so I didn't even, wow, now you got me thinking about that because I didn't realize. But yeah, I did. It was a significant drought. Um, and then I had, yeah, once I met, you know, you guys and started to get more plugged in to gaming communities within the last couple years is when I really, I guess, started to open up to uh, new gaming experiences. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last few years, especially with multiplayer just being integrated into everything. Yeah. You know, it's just it's, it's kind of it's almost hard not to play anything now. <laughs> you you really got me thinking because I you know you were talking about college and me and Steve went to the same college and one thing about our college was that it was a lot of work. You know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of homework, a lot of tests, a lot of like assignments, a lot of group stuff, a lot of reports, and then there's the difficulty factor as well. So and then so it was easy to get like overwhelmed. By work and life and stuff even though that was like our only thing that we were doing really right school and then for us we were also like involved with our church but um and and at that time i was also break dancing and i was leading the break dancing club and i was like competing well like going to jams I, competing is a way to say it but um mm-hmm. you know like i was going to practices i was doing all this stuff but i always found time for games i always did i played mass effect two and three in college like i can't even imagine like i want to start over mass effect because it's such a great game it's one of the best like i've never put it in my top 10 per se but i think it's in my top 10 like it's like in my heart somewhere i just never think about it but like i don't know how i did that like but now i can't even consider like i'm like man i can't imagine investing the amount of hours that i did (laughs) but i had I guess in college you have more time than you realize, right? Or oh, absolutely. or when you're younger in general, before you like get more responsibilities. And I, I will say this, and the big thing that I think is the differentiator is that I think something y'all both noted is that gaming is very communal. And I've never thought about it, but a lot of the things that has motivated me to keep, like, of course, I have my personal relationship with gaming and I love games and watching trailers and keeping up with what's going on. But it's always been communal. What always keeps the spark going is somebody saying, oh, have you played X game? You know, Mm -hmm. like I picked up Triangle Strategy recently and I don't think I would have bought it if it wasn't for the Discord channel. Right. Like that we have because it is the kind of game. Yeah. Shout out to Yandev, my boy Yandev. Um, 
and I still haven't finished it. I actually was about to boot it up this weekend, but um, like I'm at the literally the last section of it. But it's like when somebody tells me I'm new game, oh man, I gotta play it, and you can kind of have that moment. And I feel like the same way when I dr- had a drought in gaming was when I was so, like, so there's two times that I play games when I'm like bored and or have a lot of time and like in a solitary situation so it like fills the the gap or when i'm like with people and it's mm-hmm. now thinking about it, i'm like oh like when i wasn't playing games i wasn't bored i was solitary for the most part but i didn't have time but once i moved in with steve it became a communal thing again you know yeah and i picked it yeah. right back up and really haven't had a drought since it's kind of continued to be communal you know I'm thinking about my drought and I'm like, okay, I played a lot of like indie games on my old decrepit laptop. I played like Hyperlight Drifter. I played um, like Braid and a couple other games like that. Portal isn't an indie game, but Portal's probably one of the only. That's not true. Well, anyway, yeah, I played a lot of like single player out of time games, you know, mm-hmm. games that came out way before it. Uh, all the super giant games, Bastion and Transistor, um, I played during that time. Uh, you know, I played Prey, not Prey, sorry. I played, um, shoot, Dishonored. I remember it was, uh, that's how I know that this was a matter of hardware, because I did play Dishonored. I actually played Dishonored twice, back to back, but it was on my friend's PlayStation 4, mm. just because he lived with me and I was like, I have access to this. <laughs> I'm gonna indulge. Yeah. Gotta indulge. I tried Destiny. Didn't stick. Too much time. Oh, Destiny. That game's yeah. a time sink. Yeah. It was fun for a while. It's not bad. For for a season. For the season. You got me thinking about the community aspect too though. Because so there was a game that I did play in college. And it was probably the only game. So I started to play League a little bit, but then towards the tail end of college, whenever I had time to play a game, I was usually on champions online oh yeah you told me about that game yeah and that was pretty much my go-to because it kind of scratched the same itch that Fortnite does now where there was somebody i knew or people that i knew that were like always be on there were things i could do on my own if i needed to and you can pop in and pop out you know i could i could get on there for 30 minutes and feel like i accomplished something um, and then during the summers is when I would play through like the Assassin's Creeds and those really long form games. Hmm. I think that's kind of what held me over too. Um, was was those summers where I kind of binge, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> the triple games. the triple A games. A little yeah, bit. Um, yeah, hmm. yeah. I think it's it's one of those, like it's interesting because I assume like I didn't grow up an only child, so I wonder. If I was a gamer as an only child, how I would view gaming now, right? I kind of always played it with my siblings, kind of, sort of. Like, we had a 64, so there was, you know, there's so many multiplayer games. Mario Kart, Hex, and, yeah, Armourines, just kidding. Um, All these other games that just kind of Turok, you know, like games that kept us playing together. And even games that weren't multiplayer, we played them together, right? I think I might have mentioned this, but Final Fantasy VII... Final Fantasy VIII, um, I think uh, quite a few RPGs, Xenogears, um, Xenosaga, a lot of RPGs, uh, Chrono Cross. I never, I never played those games myself. I just watched my brother play them. 
my older brother and Rob, shout out to Rob, the boy Rob. Um, the Rob. boy Rob. They would play them together, and I would just be a spectator. I, but to me, it was like I was playing the game. Like, I felt like I was making the same decisions. I was determining what, the, you know, the the level up, the tree structure, the materia. Um, and so to me, games have always felt very communal as a, as like, by standard. So even, like, when I played God of War... I kind of almost played it so that my wife could watch it from time to time, mm. you know. And when I play a game that like is just purely myself, I kind of get bored for whatever reason. Like if it's not a game that anybody's like, I don't know. I just stop playing it, like, or it's not worth it. So that's a fair point. You bring up an interesting idea about the whole spectator idea. Like it, it, ma- it makes me think of what modern day streaming is, mm. and so. I'm curious about if there's like a connection between, because when I grew up, I didn't have that. I didn't have an older sibling that I'd watch play games. Um, it was kind of the, I guess, in the opposite. So I was the youngest in my house, but I was also the most proficient at mm. games. But uh, it was very seldom that they would watch me play. And when they did, you know, they'd say, oh, he's really good at that, aren't you? And then we'd walk <laughs> out the room. <laughs> or we'd play together sometimes. But, um, and so I'm just curious about, I guess, if that's, kind of scratching a similar itch for people who watch it's like i don't maybe i don't want to play this game myself i don't have the capacity to play, play myself i won't be as good as the person playing what any of those things that you kind of feel when you're watching your older sibling play it's like oh you you're so impressed by what they're doing like i wonder if that has grounds in in streaming too hmm the watching the shit because let's plays kind of before streaming became big yeah i feel like let's plays became big and then streaming became big it was like Oh, let's play Ocarina of Time, and and you just watch somebody play it. You know, sometimes without commentary, sometimes with commentary. You know, yeah. And there was a period of time, and you know this definitely, Kyle, where I was really big into Super Replay, which was Game Informer's oh, thing yeah. where they used to oh, yeah. play the entirety of games. And you know, I, <laughs> shout out to Overblood. You know, um, <laughs> and. Um, I never thought about it, but huh, you got me really thinking deep now. Like, did they remind me of my experience playing with my siblings? You know, like, is like, cause, because for me, I like streamers, I can't really watch. Like, I don't know, it doesn't interest me. But for some reason, super replays and replays interested me because I was watching them play a game that I'd never seen before. They'd be chatting, they'd be talking amongst each other, talking about the game, but I kind of felt like I was there even though I wasn't. Like More casual. Yeah, like it felt, not not that it was more or less of a commitment, but it just felt more natural. Streaming just seems like I got to watch you for eight hours straight <laughs> or four hours, and I need to watch every time you do it. But when I was a kid, we didn't play necessarily games every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. we do your homework, do That's your a homework. Good point. You know? So to me, it was always like two, three hours. Boom. Cool. Into, into the next one. You know? Or a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because games were kind of built different, I guess. Like, they lent themselves yeah. well to the, the smaller form play. Mm-hmm. I think um, I've n- I acknowledge that it is a thing. I have never understood <laughs> why you would just want to watch somebody play. I think even, <laughs> even as a kid, I have a younger brother, and most of the games that we played were either multiplayer games we played together, 
or they were single player games that we would take turns playing. Yeah. And like, yeah, I would watch him, but I wasn't like excited. I don't remember being excited to watch him. I remember basically just like being, all right, it's your turn. <laughs> now it's and you my walk turn. off and get a snack or something. Like that. Yeah. I mean, did you die yet? An act of contrition. Like, yeah, take it. Just I did watch him play, but I also <laughs> remember, if, I don't know, maybe I'm coloring my memory, but I think I remember feeling like sometimes I wouldn't want to watch him because if it's a story-based game, Mm. I don't want to experience a story through him. I want to experience it myself first. Um, but yeah, I, I just like, I, I would rather not know what happens in a game than watch somebody play it generally. I think there's a few games that I've been tempted. Like, hey, I'm never going to play this. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. I would rather not know what's going to happen, not know what happens in a game in the hopes that in the future I will play it myself and experience it. Rather than watch it. So and then it's more avoiding spoilers. Yeah, it's more avoiding but it's like it's to the extent that I will go years and years and years not knowing what happens in a game because or even like reading a wiki, you know, like I'm that mm-hmm. way about everything. Yeah. Experiential. Um, you want to experience it yourself. There's a few games I've been tempted, I can't think of them now, where I'm like, I'm never gonna play this. I might as well just know what's going on just to enjoy what semblance of story I can I can glean from the you know the the playthrough or whatever mm-hmm. right but but yeah that's it like I I don't like watching people play a game really. a game that you might play it's interesting because that's how I feel about Kingdom Hearts like I've yet to play Kingdom Hearts one two three except for that weird card game I think I've told you about but um, <laughs> I remember that I've more or less avoided most Kingdom Hearts videos explanations theories deep dives. Great anything because yeah. somewhere in my heart i feel like one day i'm gonna play kingdom hearts i feel like the older i get the less likely that's gonna happen but i don't kingdom know hearts is a big series there's a part of me there's a part of me who's like i gotta play it. i still remember the commercial can when you walk <laughs> away you know it's like there's something in me but other games let me tell you yeah. let me tell you how neurotic i am i have basically beaten hollow knight right there's mm-hmm. i have gotten I think I've I've gotten like the decent ending, but I was not able to f- get the good ending, which because I can't beat the secret final boss. Mm. And I refuse to watch this video that I've had in my watch list for literally years about <laughs> like the civilization and lore of Hollow Nest. Um, even though I base I know what the boss is, I've, I've like <laughs> fought him, and I have a good idea of like what it means for to beat him and like what happens Mm -hmm. but i'm like i don't want to spoil like the last tiny bit of lore that i haven't crazy i can get by i mean it makes sense you're so close like i'm so close but but (laughs) but i like restarted the game oh i'm not sure i like if you guys have seen me play in the last year like it's a different playthrough Mm. um and i i uh that that time that i almost beat this boss was like when i was still working at ibm Wow. Like this was years ago. Wow. So oh, wow. you, only thing is I, uh, you need to make sure you download that YouTube video before it accidentally disappears off the internet forever. And then you're like, <laughs> you know. You know. Somebody will repost it. If I ha- if that happened, no. I don't think there's any reason it would come down. Hey man. Hey. There's videos you that never know. I've have been lost to time. Like I go to my favorites list and I know what the video is, but it's been deleted and I've looked for it and I'm like, where is it? Like, was the only place that it was stored on YouTube? Like, what? 
you know so you never know the worst part about finding a video a deleted video in your playlist is that it doesn't tell you what the video what is oh i know all you know is that something is missing <laughs> it's gone. some of them i know because i i would go through my favorites so often when early youtube uh, days i know uh, the order of my like oh this so i if i was like oh i want to watch this particular breakdancing video i want to watch this particular song or you know something from bobby mcferrin man. i know exactly where it was in my my favorites list. this is back in the day when i was like, this is the man who knows when someone's been in his office because his keyboard is askew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I guess I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because me and my brother. So my brother was here a few weeks ago uh, when I had my like first like Muay Thai kickboxing fight and uh, like tournament, and we were just talking and reminiscing about the bat old days. And Marcus was here and another one of our friends, Michael. So we were all just chatting, and me and my brother were talking about this weird thing that we did as a kid. As kids, so my brother is five years older than me, so you know he's significantly older than me, and we had an N sixty four and we had WCW versus NWO, and anybody who's played oh, that yeah. game, that game was raw. It was like that was when I was big into wrestling, and man, everybody that I cared about was in that game, right? And my brother was also into wrestling at that time, I believe. So we would play that game, and ninety percent of the game is like you're playing against computers, you know. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, me and my brother would play against each other, like when, when we first got it. But what happened is we used to play that game so much, we eventually started playing like modes that like average people probably weren't playing. <laughs> so one of the modes was a tournament bracket, and you could set up a tournament with like 32 people or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you could select who was players and who was CPU. And the thing about it was that you could skip the CPU matches technically, I think, but we wouldn't skip them. What mm-hmm. we would do is we'd actually let the fights play out, but yes. but we'd walk away from the TV. So it would be like hours of CPU battles going on as it goes through the brackets until it was one of us. And then we would just murder that CPU player like instantly because we were so good. <laughs> but fun. So hard. Yeah, and it would be so odd. Like we, It was kind of like a weird TV show. We'd walk in. We'd be like, yo, Sting is fighting Rey Mysterio. Yo, this fight is getting hype. You know, like, and it was like the CPU doing stuff, yeah. like, whatever. And I was just thinking about, like, what? Like, like that's how gaming was, like, deeper to me than just, like, oh, me playing the game. It also, like, created experiences. And, it, yeah. and, it's, so, and it's so hard for me to imagine living a life without gaming some way in my life you know like maybe i have droughts but i can't imagine walking away from gaming like at any point unless i'm physically unable and even if i was physically unable i'd probably start looking at accessibility options (laughs) you know Mm, there you go you know yeah i did the same thing we would play we would have these huge tournaments in uh in smash bros melee and they would always, we would always include a lot of CPUs because there'd only be like maybe four people at my house playing. And we're like, that's going to be a really short tournament. You're not going to be able to play very much, especially there's a big skill gap between, you know, people playing. So I would introduce a lot of CPUs to the tournament so that if nothing else, you would fight, you know, a handful of CPUs. Um, and yeah, we would you could skip the matches but sometimes we wouldn't it would just kind of just be a screensaver and we would go off and do something else i i used to do that 
in in melee too. There was another game. I was I was over here trying to remember it, but pitting CPUs against each other has always been mm-hmm. pretty interesting to me. But uh, the reason why I wouldn't skip them is because I feel like that would somehow like weigh the Ooh. odds of who would win, change the results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I want to see. I wanted to see it happen in real time, so that the computer couldn't cheat me. And, you know, like this is that's a great question. I've never considered if it changed how the computer, how the winner was chosen if you skip the match. That's a very yeah. I, I never knew, so I didn't even. I didn't take the risk. I guess it could have like quickly simulated a match and just not play it out. But the thing is, like. But- like you got to think to yourself if you're gonna simulate a match, like say WCW versus NWO. Oh, it right? was Dragon Ball. It was Budokai. Dragon Ball was oh, Budokai. Budokai. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like let's just take Budokai. Like to simulate it, you like there's all these things. Like the the CPU is gonna do a thing, and the other CPU is gonna do a thing, and it's happening at some rate. Like I I just I guess it's possible. Like a turn based strategy game, I could see simulating really quickly through the turns because it's just A B A B A B. But like simultaneous inputs, like unless I don't know, that's a good question. I was I was gonna say, oh well, like you know, the new Smash Bros. game Ultimate saves replays, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't save a video as the replay. It saves like the actual like inputs, inputs. and mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, like but it's still it's still playing those out in real time. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think that's comparable. I think you're right. I think that it would be impossible, especially for the GameCube, to uh, to simulate 60 FPS fi- or <laughs> FPS physics <laughs> in that you know, period of time. Uh, you know, outside of time or at a faster time, faster rate. Yeah. So I, I think it was. It had to just be choosing if you skip. It had to just be choosing when at random. Yeah. Thumb just coin flip. Hey, that's one. yeah. So, do I think Kyle, you played this uh, Mugen or Mugen or Mugen? Yeah, everybody has different Mugen. ways that they pronounce it. Yeah. But M U G E N, and it was basically isn't it? Isn't it Mugen? What are the other ways? Mugen, M- Mugen, uh, Mugen. Mugen. Like, what is that? Weird. Isn't it? Isn't Mugen like the actual word though? Well, I think well so. the, it's it's an it, abbreviation. It's an abbreviation, so it's not like necessarily Japanese. Like it could be anything, you know. Um, so, oh. so anywho, you know, it's like a, for those who don't know what Mugen or Mugen is or whatever, it was, uh, like a, basically like a, what, what do you call it? Like, um, it's a fighting a, game, right? Yeah. It's a open, open source fighting game, more yeah, or less. Open street fighter. Yeah. Like it had like the basic mechanics of a street fighter, uh, Marvel versus Capcom, but you could mm-hmm. take any character from any other game and if somebody was willing to go through and like port it in and add the moves and make sure that they worked right, you could just bring in a character. So you could have Goku from one of the like, uh, like Japanese like uh, side uh, fighting two D fighter games versus mm-hmm. like Ryu, or people would make completely different like random characters. Like my favorite yeah, was, unique character was the F one key because. In in <laughs> in Musion, F one was basically insta kill the other person. It was like a hot key. So any move that F one did was an insta kill. So, so like Ooh. you could never beat him. But there were so many because you just go on these random websites, you'd find people's Musion lists and like people made character I remember one was called Tigre Negro, uh ne- Negro <laughs> and uh, Black, Black Tiger. Tiger. 
and he'd go Digger! like it's like this <laughs> custom character but anyway the reason i'm bringing this up because this this is i was i found it when i was in middle school a guy introduced it to me at or high school at the united way summer program and then i was playing it in college with friends and brawley so we <laughs> brawley was in the game and he was absolutely impossible to beat he OP. he would like he would do cutscenes in the middle of the fight. So you'd be fighting him and he'd go, Oh, Omariwa, Jinderu. And then he would do a move and then like kill you, right? Like it would pause the game. Classic. Classic. And <laughs> what we would do is just pit him versus like other people. So we'd have like yeah. 2v1. There, there was a Chuck Norris in there. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw Chuck Norris. Um, oh. <laughs> so we would 2v1 him against other people, right? So one time. We had 2v1 Ryu, Ryu, and Ken versus Brawly. And we mm. simulated this fight so many times. And I think Marcus was there when this happened. Um, but he, he would always just murder them. But one time, they worked him. They caught him <laughs> in a combo that where he yeah. never touched the ground. So it was like... Ryu would go, ah, 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 and then Ken would go, ah, 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 catch him with the kicks, and then Ryu would, and it was like crazy. And we were going, it was like watching a live fight between two humans because we were like, no way they're gonna. It sounds be like dog fighting. It sounds yeah. like dog fighting, honestly. Really? Like, it really was. Like, it was I mean. crazy. I mean, we weren't betting on it. It was just watching because we were bored in college, and it was crazy. And they beat him, and it was like, victory or whatever. Like, they only got one round out of them. And then he just oh, murdered sure. them. <laughs> took the rest of the match, but it was the most incredible moment, and we weren't playing the game, just experiencing it. You know, when you when you create a character, is there any way to like change the the C, like the CPU itself, like the AI, or would you only create moves? Yeah, and, like, you could change the AI so the AI could be more like the person who made the character made the AI as well, like their move sets. Oh wow! And then some char- pretty deep, and then some characters were stronger, like fundamentally stronger. Like for whatever reason, like I, I don't, I don't, I can't. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that part, but definitely there are CPU differences. Like, no, that. yeah, like you can, you can change all those values. I actually did. I, I was big into Mugen too. I still actually still have it on my computer. I think I have about 515 characters in the one that I have. Mm. I, and yeah, you can you can go in and change every single one of those values, and then there's a whole like character development kit that somebody created Mm -hmm. and so you can you can rip sprites from another game put them in there create unique animations yeah Hmm. make the ai and you can even like down to the reactions that they do the combos that you wanted to do it's it's, i want to i want to make like a michael jackson that just dodges all your attacks and i'm pretty sure there's one (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's moonwalker jackson michael jackson's in the game he's in there and there's a similar character that functions like that though um it's rick ashley <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just the white michael jackson never gonna give you up. and you can't hit him you can't damage him you can't the only way you can get out of the, the match is to like hard stop the game you can't even go in the menu <laughs> <laughs> hilarious wait how do they how do they stop you from going to the menu like it's so open man it's you can do whatever, you can do whatever. <laughs> my favorite was like finding the character select screens and then setting up the configuration for how you want a character to be laid out within the character yeah. select. So, like, when you first start, you might have, like, eight characters. And you're slowly trolling the internet, find characters you want. And you're adding them to your roster. And then, like, putting them in different slots. And then eventually, like, Kyle has, like, 500. Like, I had, like, 
100 that I wanted to play with, you know? So I might like put them in the roster. It was just, it was so great. I still have my Mugen as well. I don't, I haven't, I have it just on a flash drive somewhere. I haven't booted it. <laughs> hmm. Sure, it still works. You should, you should start carrying that flash drive around. <laughs> just, you know, in case of emergency. <laughs> plugging it into random computers. Yeah. I, I used to do that with my my Smash, my uh, GameCube controller. I always had it in my car, just in case. That's really great. Just in case. I used, to, I mean, you're joking, Kyle, but I had one of those fancy uh, U3 SanDisk flash drives back in like high school. Do you know what that is? Mm hmm. Yeah. It's a, it was a flash drive and it had like a few applications that you could download from the SanDisk website. But basically, the flash drive could host programs. And they would leave. They would have no effect on your computer, and so I would have games and like some other tools and stuff on a flash drive, and I could like plug it into any school laptop <laughs> and be playing like Zuma, you know, Marble Launcher or something. This guy was the portable. He was the arcade. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a little portable. Uh, yeah, little portable uh, program. But yeah, imagine having Mugen on something like that. Yeah, <laughs> just any computer, just whip it. Yeah, up. I mean, I had, I remember we would put it in. Like the school computers were so trash, though. Like we so tried bad. to run it, and I don't think it ever worked. So we just kind of gave up. <laughs> they were so bad. Like they're worse than my home computer, and I'm like, man, Oof. like how how they could barely run Line Writer. <laughs> like no Line Writer. Line Writer. Like how are you putting us on this? Like this is this disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I mean, like I th- I feel like gaming is one of those hobbies that we always it's just a part of us like deep embedded do you ever think there will ever be a hobby that supplants it like that that's somehow taps into that same part of you and just nope no more gaming i just do this hobby i'm now i'm gonna knit now i'm gonna do you ever think that's <laughs> even possible no you gonna mean gonna for knit. us personally or yeah, like just for the for you personally personally for the oh. world i don't know man I, I think it's the perfect combination of like, so I don't really watch sports, right? But gaming, like you, like everything we've just been talking about, the, the aspect of like watching what happens, like that's kind of like sports to me. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. those, those memorable moments that you remember and you like you, you share with people and, you know, competition and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the combination of that plus art. Plus, just like fun, like dopamine, like look at me, I'm, I'm beating this this puzzle or doing this or that. Like, there's just so many reasons. I can't think of any, com- any other thing that combines all of those. Hmm. And storytelling. storytelling, storytelling is kind of one of the other aspects of that. Like, I read a lot, or I used to read a lot. I'm trying to read more, um, and I have been. It's been great, but like. The same joy that I get from reading a good book, I get from playing some games. Hmm. Some games. Some games. Not all of them. <laughs> Looking at you, Yik. Yik. I was like, uh, if he calls out Yik, I was hoping you call out Yik. I was like, please. No. Have you I've even never, actually I've never played, played Yik? <laughs> I, I've never played it, so I don't have the right to call Yo, it that's out. Secondhand game dive. is bad enough. Deep dive. Yik. That's a game that I would watch the replay, but then I wouldn't because it, it just seems like it'd be so boring. We, we should str- we should stream it together and then like one of us Ooh. play it, and uh, I, I'd be willing to play Yik if y'all would watch play it with me. Like we should stream it. We should all share a save file so that we can take turns playing the same oh, game. Oh man, 
Like one day Steve would just delete it. It'd be like, no more. No more. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He's like he'd like we'd host it in the cloud and he'd like somehow manage to like <laughs> attack the actual server that hosted it. Like <laughs> Yeah. Google.com just goes down. It's like, yeah, I actually uh like infiltrated their physical servers to make sure that there's no way you could ever recover this. Um, major breach in security over a year. <laughs> Man is serving 25 years in prison. <laughs> like, um, That's actually not a terrible, not, not Yik specifically, but it's not a terrible idea to try to play a game with the same save file across all three, between all three of us. That'd be cool. That'd be something cool to do on our uh, Super Agile Bros Twitch channel together. Um, oh. So something you said, um, you said something that made me think, you said Yik, uh, Gosh, <laughs> stories, the combination of different like fun elements. Yeah. Oh, oh books, book reading. So books, yes. actually, I, you know, I never thought about it till you said it just now, but I've been really struggling recently to play single player games. Um, yeah, I feel most that. of the games that I play now are like with y'all. So Fortnite, uh, Apex. Yeah. Um, and. And then I play games with my wife, you know, like some games together. But to be honest, I, I've really been struggling playing like games. Like, for example, I, I, I think I was telling you I was playing, um, uh, not, I was about to call it Overcooked. Um, the roguelike that was like won all the awards at, at the Keeley Awards. Huh? Oh, not Hayes. Oh, um, I know, Deathloop. Deathloop. Dead Deathloop. Deathloop. Oh, uh, so, um, yeah, I, 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 was, call, I still don't call that a roguelike, but whatever. Yeah, you know, it's it's like Death Loop is really fun and great mechanics, and I like what they're doing. But recently, as I was playing it, I made some progress. I picked it back up recently, and I got to a point where the game opened up. It basically told me what the rest of the game was going to look like, mm-hmm. and I literally was like, "I think this is the last time I'm going to play the game." Yeah, because the game has an interesting story. I think I already know what the story is. Like just everything they've said, I'm like, I think I already know what's happening here. But the story was interesting. What was compelling me? The gameplay is interesting. Some stuff's a little cheap here, there. But once they told me the 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 thing that I needed to do, I said, "Man, I could just go read a book." <laughs> you know, can't be bothered. You know, yeah. like I'm gonna have to do this trial and error. It's essentially trial and error. Like to really figure out how to do this right and then eventually it's kind of hades ish where you got to like essentially do a series of things back to back in order to end the loop it's not really a spoiler it's just like that's kind of what they've been getting at it felt more like hitman from what i was reading yes in in the sense that there's like these people that you need to like get rid of but there's this idea that but it's like a hmm it's like a puzzle game, right? Like Hitman isn't about killing people. It's about solving the puzzle of the level in order to pull off the hit with a, in a specific way. Yeah, I, I would say it's more like Dishonored because I guess they're made the same same studio, right? Oh, right. Yeah, they are. You know, well, certainly, yeah, it's definitely gonna be it, just or it's, it's gonna be very similar in the sense that like yeah. that you can you're figuring out how to approach the level. But the big thing is that you need to do these certain things sequentially in a period of time. To basically accomplish a certain task. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I know what I need to do. And I know what it's going to take. And I was like, nope. And I just went and read a book. <laughs> you know, like, 
like what'd you read was it uh, i was reading dune well listening to dune finished that then i started listening hey, to books. red rising i finished that i'm now reading listening to ender's game so oh, ooh, you know, so this man going through all the classics, the classics. Come on, those are the it. ones i can get from the library without having to wait 12 weeks on hold yeah <laughs> to get it Bro, i'm i'm wait, i'm waiting we so i mentioned we mentioned recently the ab horson trilogy mm-hmm, on our mm-hmm. facebook because our bud sent us a photo of him wearing a shirt one of our shirts Shout out and to simon to simon and you could see that series in his photo and i was like oh and that sent me down a rabbit hole i spent the whole next work day <laughs> reading the wiki the wiki about the books that i've already read just trying to like re-experience mm. the lore and i immediately went to my library's website and i was trying to pull those books down and they were on hold and i'm like are you kidding me who's reading these right now <laughs> yeah yeah all the all really good books are like on hold especially if it's audiobooks like this like yeah. there's like 18 people waiting for three copies so i'm like your boss listened to our our podcast because now i sure hope not you spent a whole day <laughs> doing what <laughs> you, you just really it was my whole it was really my whole lunch break on that day mm, because mm. we we didn't have like a we didn't have like a group lunch it, that day lunch break happened to be eight hours that day. <laughs> <laughs> no i was in the office i couldn't have just been i could not have been reading have you time. worked at ibm have you been in those offices i'm 100 pe- people on a i have i have worked <laughs> at ibm in the past this is not I've I've a hundred percent seen people have a eight hour lunch break. They come in <laughs> and you know they did no work. Straight to the lunch room. <laughs> Not me, man. I never had those days. I was I was the uh, I didn't even the, bring the computer. The perfect in. child, but they still I still had to actually work. No computer. They just talking to people. They go walk downtown, come back. Hey, y'all want to get lunch? Go you know go find. Them. I was always <laughs> terrified that somebody would walk up behind me at my at my desk and see me. Not working in that. This was like my first big boy job. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know what the expectation was for minute to minute working. (laughs) Yeah, you got to find that angle, that perfect desk, especially since you can move desk. Yeah. That like. Bro, I was in a bad Nobody could walk behind you and nobody could approach (laughs) you without like a few seconds of like (laughs) tab change. You can see him. (laughs) Not only was I on the edge of the row, but I was like right. There was like a corner right behind me. So anyone who came down the hallway would round this corner with no warning. Mm -hmm. It was bad. Hey, what you watching? What you watching? People love doing that. Or my favorite is I'm actually doing work. And somebody who's like a higher up is talking to me or like in the room now. Like especially when we were in the agile space. And oh, somebody yeah. would come in and be like, hey, you still uh, watching that video or whatever? And I'm like, bro, Man. you just sold me out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, get out. Um, but yeah. So you read a book. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was just saying in a in a in an interesting way, I almost feel like what used to be my drive for single player games is now just starting to evolve into reading or listening to books because Reading books is a little bit too active for me right now, and I have too much ADD. <laughs> like I can't like read. Like I mean, why I can't do it either? You know, very honestly, like I just can't read a page in a book and not like not read ten lines and be like, oh, I got to go back and read it again. You know, um, yeah. But yeah, audio mind just wander <clears throat> off. You know what I'm saying? But an audiobook keeps my mind completely absorbed. I could be doing something else, but I'm completely listening. Um, and I feel like games used to do that for me. You know, I'm in the moment. I'm experiencing it single player. And I think the reason why single player games are less appealing is because I play Deathloop 
I can't really talk to y'all about it. Like, and so I'm like, I might as well read a book that I'm not going to talk to anybody about anyway. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm not going to talk to you about Deathloop and the, the happenings between this character, Juliana and Cole and this and that. Like, y'all don't, you know, who? So you don't talk to Shailene about interesting moments in the games you're playing. <laughs> Shailene would just look at me like, <laughs> what? I definitely, I definitely will tell, I'll like stop what I'm doing and tell Keisha about what just happened. And she's like, okay. She's like, oh, I got to go in this other room. Uh, hold, hold on a second. And she just, but like, but think about it, right? Like, I mean, if it's a gameplay moment, like, oh, and then I, I kicked the grenade and it went up and it hit me in the head. Like she definitely doesn't care about that. But I mean, I'm playing Final Fantasy Remake and I don't want to spoil anything because no one spoiled it for me. And I, and I appreciate that. But like, there's some really intense human moments. And there's a lot of good voice acting in this Story game. Beats. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, uh, if you're listening, Joseph, uh, hey. yeah, I'm still playing this game. I'm still on that tip from, from many, many years ago that you told me to play this game. Um, I've been working through it slowly, but yeah, there's like, you know, people dying, people dealing with loss and grief and rage and indignation at like the world. And sometimes I'm just like overcome after a scene and I'm like, I got to tell Keisha about this. And I'll just tell her like, yeah, this guy was like, you know, doing this and then this happened and then everything exploded, you know? And they're they're like human moments and it doesn't matter if I read them in a book or played them in a game. Like to her, it's the same. So she, I can, I can tell her that stuff, you know? Yeah. You're still telling the story. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I talked a lot about God of War with her. I was like, "Yeah, I think this I can, thing happened." I can do that yeah. if it's a game she's been like. God of War is a perfect example, like you just mentioned, because she would walk in as I'm going through different moments, and she'd be like, "What'd she say, Atreus? That's his name, right? Atreus." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, "Atreus is such a jerk," <laughs> or he's he like, "He's brand. such a kid," you know. So she'd be watching the moments. So if she's missed some story beats. I would like fill her in. So the next time she sits down or watches me, she knows what's going on. But if I'm playing Deathloop, like, first of all, Deathloop is not as strong of a story as God of War. Yeah, that's, you, that you seems know. to be my um, takeaway. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, you know, games can have so much story, right? Like, so it can be a little intense, you know, um, especially if she's not paying attention, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it can be hard to relay because some of the things... I guess that you do them versus watch them happen in mm-hmm. games, and so so kind of really getting the point across of how that moment was is is sometimes difficult. I'm playing through the uh, the new God of War right now, and sometimes yeah, trying to trying to say I guess how intense a moment felt because I mean you could say it's just button presses, but it's just like when you're interacting with the story in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just deeper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was even telling. I was even telling her, like, yeah, I, so I've, I've been playing Final Fantasy, and I'm realizing that, like, dang, a lot of my reason to play this game isn't necessarily, like, I love the gameplay, it's pretty cool, but, like, by, minute, to, minute by minute, most of my time is spent watching cutscenes or, like, walking somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that, because the cutscenes are so entertaining, mm-hmm. and the gameplay is really fun, but I don't feel like I'm missing out by watching the cutscenes. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I really am in this for the story, hmm. maybe more so than I would have been in other games. Whereas in God of War, I do love the story, but I'm, I'm definitely a hundred percent in for the gameplay as well. Um, I'm yeah. excited to play the new God of War eventually. Yeah, I, th- I think that I recommend. I, I think the thing that 
games I don't feel I could ever get anywhere else is feeling the feedback of an action without an immense consequence so I can have fun and experiment with things. Like, for example, let's just take Fortnite. We've all been playing together. And I think Fortnite gives me a little bit of the competition, right? Like something fun, right? Like we're kind of competing to win. We win, we lose, you know, like what was it? Yesterday we got like four dubs, three dubs, Mm -hmm. three wins, which is uh, pretty good. But it's like a place where we can play and experiment and try things and goof off with a little bit of like tension, you know, but like stakes. Yeah. You know? Slight stakes. Yeah. yeah. Low stakes. Yeah. Low, low Someone st- was just talking about stakes earlier. I was thinking that, but I can't remember what it was now. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's something you can't really get in many other experiences. Like, I can't really, like, I'm really in the Muay Thai, right? But if I'm going to, like, compete, that not that I'm going to, I'm not worried about getting knocked out or necessarily hurt or injured, but it's like a physical task you know mm-hmm. and the consequence of losing is like you lose like you're tired you didn't win there's a lot of effort yeah. put forward but i could play a little bit of fortnite and you know it doesn't really change my physical state or maybe it'll change my mental state if i was getting trolled or something but like i just think that this it's it's a low barrier for yeah. of entry and there's a lot of benefit that i get from that experimentation and competition side of it you know and to answer your question from earlier about if I think it would ever be replaced, it would have to be something with immense value in those ways because it's really accessible, you know, to play a game. You don't have to go anywhere. As you were saying, a lot of the different things, I guess, as you would do that would be as interactive. I mean, you could go outside, as people say, you know, just go outside and have fun. But it's just like you're playing with people. <laughs> that are thousands of miles away mm-hmm. whenever I'm online with you guys. And so it's like, it's not the same as if, you know, I wanted to go play football outside. And not not all the time do I have the opportunity, you know. If if the only opportunity I have to do something at my leisure is 9.30 p.m. Mm. and going outside and throwing something. <laughs> You're going to jail now. You're going yeah. to jail now. It's, <laughs> It's suspicious to say the least, um, and so just having it readily readily available all the time that adds a lot of value. The story and interactivity that we've been talking about, able to get, you know, you could watch a movie, sure, mm-hmm. you know, you can read a book, and those, but I think those are different experiences holistically, and so yeah. it's not it's not like they replace games or games replace those. They kind of sit alongside them, but I mean, in the moment, you have a different like affinity i guess Hmm. it's like you read a book because maybe your eyes are tired or something you don't want to look at a screen you watch a movie because maybe you don't want your hands to be involved or you want to wash it wash dishes while your eyes are engaged you play a game so you can have all the sensory elements you know overloading you at once and so i think you know they, they work hand in hand in that way so i don't i don't i don't see how it could get replaced hmm yeah yeah, I think I've been thinking about what you said about oh, I could just read a book. And my first thought when you asked what could you know could you replace this was no. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like you know I could at least maybe replace the single player games. Mm-hmm. 
Those are my favorite, but those are the easiest to replace with books. And it would be books for me. It wouldn't be, I mean, it might be movies. It would probably be books, though. I used to read a ton. I could probably easily go back to that. I would miss the dopamine and the spectacle <laughs> of of video games. For sure. Um, but I think a lot of the other... And I, I would also miss the specific ways of... A, like, you know, we, would, we talk a lot about, oh, my game mechanics and art and music and direct... You know, like all these mm-hmm. different elements that make up a game. And I've kind of like made it part of my identity to like be invested and interested in those things. I would miss all of that, but books do have similar elements, you know, similar, I guess you could say mechanics that I could potentially get into instead. You know, I could be a book guy, you know, and talk about, you know, the author's voice and <laughs> diction and, yeah. you know, the, the style of character development. I don't know. I know a little. Uh, <laughs> um, He's a writer, you know. Yeah, I I once wrote a paragraph, but uh, I wrote your short written, stories. I have written. Words. This man said short stories plural, as if he has ever seen more than one. <laughs> oh, was it just one? Oh, somebody else shared one. That's what it was. I thought you did share multiple. I shared. I shared the little goofy horror story I wrote about uh about working at IBM. You, you, his one story used a lot of plural words, so it felt like a lot of stories. <laughs> and he kept yeah. saying long story short throughout. He <laughs> got that from me. My bad. My I bad. learned it from. I learned it from the best. My bad. So my yeah, bad. I think I could replace it, and it'd probably be cheaper too. Heck, man! I mean, the libraries oh, exist. Yeah. You know, you don't have to own an expensive machine to like run a book. You know, I'll say this though: like one thing that I think makes storytelling in games something that's hard for me to replace is the agency that you do get within an experience like a book when you read it you get a little bit of the imagination right you don't know what anything looks like unless the author themselves put some sketches or something in there right so you kind of make up the scenery like oh the character is standing in a dark room whoa what's that dark room look like you put in your brain but in a game they give you all that so you lose the imagination you get to kind of instead experience the wonder but the agency, for example, my favorite one, which is kind of stupid, is one of my favorite games, uh, Dead Rising. And, you know, Capcom is just a goofy company in general. True. One thing that I've always thought was compelling to me and why I sometimes will listen to the story beats, even though I've heard it multiple times, is that Frank, the main character, can wear different clothing. And mm. oh you can kind of just dress him as he is. So sometimes I might just put certain clothes on him because that's just what he happens to be wearing. And like, or I might accidentally put clothes on, like you could put a Lego head on his head. So just imagine a very serious cutscene with Frank in cutoff, like Daisy Dukes with a Lego head and like <laughs> a, like lumberjack shirt on wearing like space boots. Right. And somebody's like, he's going to kill my family. You know, <laughs> you know, and it's like this stupid thing, but it's kind of just like goofy, like. And yeah. I, I don't know. It makes the story or, feel or different. Or naming your character, I farted. So every time someone refers to you, they say, I farted. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have a little bit of agency in the story. But also in general, there's also that games like Skyrim or The Witcher or whatever, you literally can dictate some of the story. Yeah. So yeah. you can have a different experience every time you play it. But in a book, the story is a story. In a TV show or movie, the story is a story, you know? So I think there's something special about the interactive storytelling elements that games For have, sure. you know? Yeah. 
I would I would have to give that up. There's you're right. There's not really a replacement for it. Yeah, because you don't you don't have a choice whenever you're interacting with I guess a story that's already like it's happening. It's unfolding in front of you. I guess. And so yeah, definitely something that games bring to the table. I mean, there are interactive movies and stuff now, but oh, I yeah, mean, like two. a lot of those you can almost argue that they're just games. But like, what are, sure. what are they called? FMV games. I don't. I've never. I don't even know what they if they have a name. It's just interactive. Well, that's what they call the old the old school games like uh, Night Trap and stuff. The full motion oh, yeah, video yeah. game, full motion yeah. video. Uh, Nowadays, yeah. I don't know if they have a name. They just call them interactive, probably like series or something. I used to do the same thing. I've done the same thing in Spider Man. He has like a bunch of costumes, and they render the costume in all the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And I would be like. You know, I'd be talking to Mary Jane about my dying aunt or something, and I'm wearing like a red hoodie and a trash bag over my, <laughs> or a paper bag over my head. Yeah. Or even better, I'm I'm like you know coming into the apartment to like again talk to Mary Jane and do you know have about some serious business and our relationship. But I look like I look like a ghostwriter like there's like blue flames <laughs> and it's like rendering the blue light in the room so i'm like yeah. i'm lighting up the room oh that's actually kind of nice <laughs> like, oh, yeah. cool. they're talking so serious but, but yeah. they're so serious it's like not mentioning the fact that i am like a demon you know <laughs> oh, that was cool yeah. also shout out to the uh the miles morales cartoon or cartoon geez uh costume I think they rendered it in like 15, like twelve frames per second. It's oh yeah, like cel shaded. <laughs> it's oh, super oh, cool. Oh. I was like twelve frames per second, but now it makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> Into the Spider Verse, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah I, cool. I still anyway. I still need to play the Miles Morales uh, version of the Same. game. Same. Uh, yeah. It's like yes. just sitting there taking space on my PS5, and I'm just deleting other games around it. <laughs> like whenever I can <laughs> have storage Worth issues, it. you know. So one of these days, you know, there's there are experiences that I feel like. Like, whenever I say to myself, ah, man, I, you know, one, one of the, I don't know if y'all have this struggle, but have you ever been, like, mildly tired, but also, like, have enough energy to do something, but you can't really figure out what you want to do? So you spend a lot of time thinking about, like, oh, like, maybe I should watch a Netflix series, or oh, I could play a game, or oh, I could go on a bike, or whatever thing you do. I was you, just thinking about that. Yeah. You know, like, you get in these funks. I, it's like, and I end up doing almost nothing or doing one random thing that i don't really care to do um just to do something mm-hmm. and i've i felt i feel that i have those times more often in my life than maybe in the past and i hate it because to me i have so many games that i want to play and like i'll turn on my ps5 i'll see miles morales i'm like ah but i don't know if i'm feeling it Da-da-da-da-da. and i just but i feel like those i'll never have that I'll never lose that longing for my backlog. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what life throws at me, if I have the rest of my days of free time feel like those listless days where I can't play anything, I feel like I will always have the desire for my backlog. Oh, my goodness. I want to play Mass Effect, you know, special edition, play all through. Oh, I want to play Miles Morales. Oh, I want to play God of War, Ragnarok. Oh, you know, Assassin's Creed again, you know, like there's and I feel like that's what's going to always keep me as a gamer, that longing. Yeah. What's wild to me is that if the game industry just 
ground to a halt tomorrow and no more games were released, I would probably have enough games, mostly <laughs> games and books. I would have enough games and books to only do that for a lifetime. Like just my backlog to I don't own that many books, I guess. Like I would have to rent them. But like in my oh, I should read these, you know, in my head bookshelf, I'd probably be fine for like ten years yeah. of no more releases. I think yeah. longer. I and that's not accounting for replays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if it was replays, I, I would be good for life. Like there's so many games that I already own, I'd probably be good. Yeah. Um, and it kind of bums me out because I'm like, I want the freedom to replay my games. <laughs> you know, like I want to come back to them and be able to enjoy them like old friends. Because the ones that I've done that with, I've, I, I usually really like it. But recently, it's like hard for me to replay games because I'm like, there's so many new games. Exactly. It feels indulgent and it's not as fun the second time because I'm like, I'd rather be doing the other things I, you know, signed up for. The way that new games are being handled these days, though, it's kind, it's, it's hard to determine, I guess, what it's going to look like in the next couple of years because so many games are moving towards like live service. Like I don't know how many times, how how more. I mean, somebody said this before that, you know, single player games are going to die out. They're just a fad or like multiplayer games taking over. But I, I'm really curious, like if games like God of War are still going to exist in the next you know decade, just because of how much money the games that it stands next to make year over year, hand over foot. And if, you know, game publishers being businesses as they are, you know, will pull out of single player experiences all together and just make live service games. I mean, Unity uh, not, not Unity, but um uh epic indie indie developers oh. would likely pick up the mantle, I guess. Yeah. But I mean what indie developers make as far as single player and story driven experiences are it's a toss up. You know what drives me crazy? Um I think it's like I was just reading something about Nintendo, but it was basically comparing the games that Nintendo makes to other AAA single-player experiences. And it's like, yeah, like Pokemon outsells God of War, mm-hmm. even though even though this new Pokemon game is like it's completely just bugged out the wazoo. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do have friends who are playing it and they're saying, yes, it is extremely buggy. And yes, it performs terribly. Like it's it's embarrassing how bad it is, but I'm still having fun. So go figure. Yeah, it seems to have it seems to be fun, but you're still comparing <laughs> it to a game like God of War that, even though I haven't played the new one, I've played the previous one, and that's like a top tier game, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and it probably performs exquisitely, right? Like it's oh yeah, it's Smooth it's a butter. much more refined, uh, careful experience that is also a ton of fun, and yet it gets outsold by right. garbage optimization Pokemon Half Scarlet. Baked. I, yeah, half baked, stronger IP. Out. I, I just have a feeling that we'll never lose certain elements of the gaming industry because, kind of like you said, Kyle, like the indie side will always pick it up. But also, even on the AAA side, I think that e- as much as game the gaming industry is a business, it's still p- like majority passion driven. Like the true. the best forms of the gaming industry are kind of like frivolous in the sense of how they approach things. Like think of even God of War. God of War could probably make as much money as it does and probably could pull back 
on some things. Like, For oh, sure. let's like take out as many side quests or let's remove this part of the character storyline because people would play it and it would be fun and they would enjoy it. But it's truly art, right? Like you were saying, Steve, like it's it's truly an outpour. It's like music. You know, it's like, oh, man, now we got all this hippity hop and now we have, it's like, it's just going to keep happening because yeah, there's just yeah. people inspired to create, you know? So, yeah, I think it'll change. I think there'll be a lot more live service games. But once again, as we mentioned in the the Battle Royale uh, episode, like, they're just difficult to make and they are just a lot more expensive, you know, because you always have to have servers running and all that trash. So I think that there's, there's. I don't see a, I don't see a world where if gaming still exists that we don't still have single player multiplayer live service battle royale like I feel like everything will just continue it'll just be more of it you know I'll second that and I think there's two other reasons one is that I think those games like the epic single player AAA experience games I think that they prop up the other games as well hmm. like the existence of those games brings attention and eminence to the maybe less epic but more profitable life service games. Um, and then on this on a similar note, I think that a lot of companies, not a lot, you know, out of the three major console producers, all of them have some sort of subscription service now that gives you access to games. And I think that that can almost take the place of of a live of like the live service profit stream because think about it like maybe God of War doesn't sell as many copies, but the existence of God of War will prop up the PlayStation subscription, like the value In of general. it. General, mm-hmm. yeah, and so people will be paying like Netflix. People will be paying every month, even though you may only play God of War once that will, you know, have kind of an indefinite, probably more so than its actual cost for the game, value to the subscription to the company per person. So like the long-standing know? impact. It's just, it's, yeah. Yes, yeah, a system like, like the game, Like the game costs $60. If someone buys it, you get $60. But if the game convinces somebody to get the subscription, you might get, you know... 80 or 90 dollars from that person just during the time that they play the game on that subscription yeah no it's it's that the system seller concept right like you yeah, have yeah. one game that sells a system the subscription seller. and then all the publishers go oh like there's now millions of the systems out i'll make more games for this yeah. system you know it's kind of funny because when i went looking for god of war um you know, I was with uh, the wifey and we were in the, first of all, I don't know why we went to Best Buy and every Best Buy employee happened to be in the PlayStation five aisle for some reason. <laughs> it was very strange. We thought of it was course. blocked off. Like, oh, we can't. They were like, oh, we're just standing here. And um, <laughs> so Someone got fired. <laughs> I, I, I asked the guy, I said, hey, do you have any copies that got to work? And I see it on shelf. And he said, hey, let me check. And he looked and he's like, oh, we don't have any copies here. He's like, but we do for some reason have the PlayStation five got a war bundle. He's like, yo, man, this is, oh, this thing is awesome, man. I might buy this. And I was like, yo, I might buy that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm over here considering getting a PS5 that I definitely am not going to use just because God of War bundle. Like, I'd have the God (laughs) of War skin. Like, you know, that's the system seller. And that allows for the other games to exist, like you're saying. Like, it's, uh, yeah. 
they, they won't go away. They're system sellers. That makes sense. Yeah, and just by the nature of live service games, because they're intended to be on all platforms with all the crossplay, they they'll never have, or it's unlikely that they'll have that sort of impact. You know, and then, mm-hmm. and then that we still have, and I don't know how long those will stick around, but like exclusives too. You know, a lot of a lot of those do tend to be single player experiences, mm-hmm. because they they more show off the hardware, and it's easier to show off. You know what your system can do in a solo experience where people can go at their own pace, you know, smell the flowers, all that jazz, watch a movie for the most part. Um, True. So I think there's a lot of use cases outside of, I guess, just the, just the games themselves. But I I realized I never, I never answered your question though about single player experiences. And, uh, you guys were, you guys were mentioning, I guess if, or we were just talking about, Getting, I guess, into starting new games. I had a comment about that. Maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it takes a considerable amount of effort to like start up a new single player game, especially if you know it's going to be a long one. Uh, I've tried in the past couple of weeks actually to start some from my backlog. Have you either of you guys ever played what is it, the Mighty 101, something like that? What is it? Oh, the, on the uh, Switch, yeah. Um. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the title. By Platinum? Is it by Platinum? Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. it's a Platinum game. I can't even remember the name of it. But anyway, I think it is the Mighty 100 Mighty. or Mighty 101 or something. That's what, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, it's a so... It's weird, weird title. It's on, it's on the uh, PS5, and it was free for something. I don't know where I got it from. But it's a game that's been in my backlog for a while. And I was in that funk you were talking about, Brad, the other day. Yeah. Where yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't because I didn't. I really didn't feel like starting God of War. You guys weren't around, so I wasn't going to play any Fortnite. I don't really watch like movies and TV, and so I went to my backlog. I was like, "Oh, this game looks like it won't be too much." And then I started playing just a little bit of it, and the mechanics started to grow. They started showing me all these upgrade systems, and I had, and that's where I felt like I I made a choice. You know, and the the choice I usually make with these like single player games is how much of an investment is it going to be? Exactly. And it seemed like it was going to be like, I, I do not want to be in this game <laughs> for, for the amount of time that they are prefacing. And so I uninstalled it immediately. <laughs> wow. I wish I had that, that uh, not resilience, man. Um, I don't know. I wish I had that state of mind. I don't ever make a decision. I'll just keep trying to play it because I like to finish what I start. But eventually I'll like, I might lose, I might finish it, you know, and be like, yeah, I finished it. But more often, if I don't really want to play it, but I'm making myself play it, I'll just kind of let it languish more and more over time until eventually it's just sitting half op- half opened in my backlog. I'll tell you, I That's did rough. I did that with maybe a half a dozen games this year alone and kind of, mm. I guess, broke myself down to where now I know what the experience is like going through that cycle. Of yeah. I started a game, it, it's daunting, but I, yeah, I started it, I want to finish it. And then doing that, rinse and repeating that a couple of times. And I guess the anguish that comes with it is like, I really don't like feeling like I have to play a game. Because yeah. then when yeah. I do yeah. actually go to play it, it's not it's not enjoyable. I'm just waiting for it to be over. Yeah. Yeah. I and think so, that's, that's that's kind of how I felt about the um, Jedi Last Fallen <laughs> Order. Like, for me, I mean, I it was a different experience because I was playing with y'all. But, like, if I were to play it by myself... Oh yeah, it would 100% have been a situation where I'm like, man, I'm this far. Let me just finish this trash. 
you know. Um, for me, I was like more excited to continue playing it so I could complain about it with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> but but like there was no I- intrinsic value. Like for Deathloop, for example, I just can't cons- like in my mind. I'm like, what's the intrinsic value to keep playing this game? You know, like mm. what am I getting out of it? Like Fortnite is easy. It's easy. Number one, I get to play with y'all, goof off, have some fun experiences that are shared memorable experiences. We could talk about later, and then. There's also just the goofiness that is Fortnite, seeing things happen, doing these little, you know, like this, I'm getting intrinsic value out of it, you know? Yeah. And it's just hard now to play these games where I'm just like, yo, like, this game looks awesome, but son, you know, like, I have so much time in my life and I don't know if I can give you that, you know? Mm -hmm. It hurts. Hmm. It literally hurts. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a group, I've grouped my games on Steam. And I have a group called Need to Finish for games that I have started playing, but not have manually moved to the finished pile. Oh, I should probably mm. make another uh, make another group called Games I Will Not Bother Finishing <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like that group is starting to swell. Zombie and games. I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna play all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, it, the reason I the reason I did that is because sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, I haven't played this. I should go finish it, and mm. I actually want to. But I think you're right. I think more often than not, I'm only. I don't know. My thing is that like sometimes I feel that way where I kind of have to force myself to play something, but it's not because I don't want to play. It's because it's like it's that initial bump. Like you you mentioned it earlier where you like you just don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. You want to do the least effort. I'm like, "Man, sometimes I don't want I don't feel like doing anything, but I know that if I play this game, I will enjoy myself." And so I kind of have to force myself to like set aside time. But then when I do that, I you have a good time. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah I'm happy that I did started. that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's some games I don't need to do that for. There's some games where it's like whatever. I have a few minutes. I'm bored. Let me. I mean, I I play solitaire sometimes when I'm waiting for you guys to like get ready. <laughs> you know, when it's time to record an episode, it's mm-hmm. so easy. It's on my computer. It takes no effort. And then when I'm like, I don't even have to keep playing. I can just close the window when okay. it's time. You know. Um, yeah, that's the least. That's the smallest effort game. My mom got me hooked on solitaire. Hey, she's, Thanks, a, she's uh, a good mom. That's a good. Mom. Yeah, I tell her. I like send her screenshots sometimes. Like, look what I look at this crap I got stuck in. I like email. I'm emailing my mother screenshots of solitaire. <laughs> that, that's the that's life I lead. You're 1997 for real. I'm a millennial. She says, <laughs> "I thought I taught you better than that, son." No, you printed yeah. the screen like it prints on the. <laughs> did you walk over to you? like? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Um, I, I'm sending her like a, a cell phone, a, a 1080p cell phone picture of my screen. Mm. So, so um, blurry. Let, let me ask you. But anyway, that's that, I was just to finish up oh, really yeah, quickly. Ahead. Yeah, I I think that there are some games that I have to force myself to do because I I want to prioritize playing the games I like, but it can be hard mm-hmm. when there's like you know I'm bad at prioritizing things, but you know it can be hard to like get over that initial bump of let me just do something that's going to take a little bit of effort and time. Yeah. So so when y'all mentioned the the pain of replaying a game when there's new games to be played, you know, yeah. and knowing that that game is going to take some that slotted time that you have in your life to play games and knowing that you're not going to be able to play a new game because you're playing an old game. So there's a game right now that I have installed on my PS5. It's called Rebel Galaxy. It's like this indie game. It's like kind of trash. But it's so fun to me. It's like a game that I could zone out in. And 
I played it when I, it was like the one of the first games I played when I got my PlayStation 4 because it was like free and, and I didn't have any games. And it's basically like this, imagine playing Sea of Thieves in space, but not boring in the sense that like when you're traveling around, you're doing things and it's a broadside game. So like you're fighting other ships, like you're a, a, a vessel on in the water. If Sea of Thieves wasn't boring, it'd be great. If it wasn't boring, it'd be great. (laughs) That should be on the box. Um, But, like, it's not a great game. Like, it's hard for me to, like, ever tell somebody to play it. But the problem is it's just, like, not good enough that it's hard for me to justify playing it. But I really (laughs) want to play it. Mm. But I know if I play it, I won't play another game like God of War. And I yeah. and I see it every time I get on my PS5. Like I see it there, like sitting, and it kind of hurts me a little bit because I'm like, oh, I want to have fun, and I know I love this game, but I can't play it because I won't be able to play other stuff. You just you wince know? every time you start up yeah. your PlayStation. Yeah, and I just see it there, and I if today I'm like, today I'm gonna play it, and I'm like, nah, nah, I should play something else, or I should do something else. Maybe I should read a book, you know, <laughs> like. I don't know if y'all ever have that experience, but there, there's just certain backlog. And I'm sorry, replay games that I love, but are just, I just wish I had time to play them and enjoy them. You know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, part of me, I was just thinking this part of me wishes that the game industry would just take a break. <laughs> like it's, I've been thinking that anyway, because of this whole Pokemon debacle and like, please game freak, just take like a three year break. Right. Give you know, that'll never happen because of the anime and the toys and everything else. And but, money. like, you know. For your health. Uh, you know what would be great? If they just add, they just keep updating the same game. But, like, one team, like, adds new Pokemon and whatever. But, meanwhile, they're working on another game for, like, three years and letting it bake long enough. Basically, the, like, Bethesda model. Like, just, yeah. just yeah. keep one game and keep porting it to other stuff. And like spend the next five years building your next game. You don't even port it. You don't have to port it, but like, you know, include it. I guess you could port it, sure, but whatever. My point is on that's actually not related. My actual point was I wish that would happen because there's so much I feel like I'm missing out on. If I were to just focus on my backlog, I would miss all the new stuff. But if I get all of you know, I can't there's no way to focus on the new stuff. There's mm-hmm. too much of it. You know, it's no matter futile. what I do, I'm going to be missing out on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So so let me ask y'all this question. Like, like, re- like, think about this for a second. Imagine no. <laughs> gaming was out of your life, like completely. You weren't pl- like, let, let's let's not say like little mobile games like Solitaire and stuff like that. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? The games that are like hardcore games for us, Fortnite, The God of Wars, Console, console gaming and steam games stuff like that big game if those were completely removed from your life what would you do with that that void in your life that drive yeah like what would your life look like did you say a drug that? i said dro- uh, i said drive <laughs> oh <laughs> he just like drugs i'm dead you know, there's nothing. I would else. just fall in, fall into sin. What a, yeah. what part of dopamine did you not understand? <laughs> did you not understand? I am an addict <laughs> to that sweet, sweet feeling of puzzle solving. I, 
it was. I would probably have pursued my passions if. uh... (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of half. That's kind of halfway true, though. I feel like I would find. I've, I've maybe not. I don't know. I've currently in the mindset of trying to make more time for like creativity. So like over the over the Thanksgiving break, I was working on this is barely creative, but I'm still happy with it. I was working on a system to like allow me to quickly um, deploy my public SSH keys to all of my devices. And then if I lose my phone, my laptop and those keys are invalid, I can quickly like remove revoke them on all my devices. Like for me, that's fun. You know, I've been working on like a calendar tool for, to help me <laughs> to help me stay on track for things, uh, for other things I'd be interested in. Yeah, bro. I, so, like, there's there's probably ways that I would spend my time that are probably that are more like creative and um, I don't know, productive. Not like productive in a money making business career type way, but just productive in like the least, the smallest variable, the smallest uh, multiple kind of way. Don't downplay your creativity, man. And people listening, you neither. Because, hey, it matters. You made it, you know? Yeah. That's- hey, I'm happy. I'm I'm downplaying, but I'm I'm definitely happy. I am I'm proud of you. Thanks. Not very much, but I am proud. Hey, I'll take anything I can get. <laughs> but I, th- I think I'd actually be, like, in the same boat, though. Because, as some people know, I, I have started a business uh, over the last, like, two years. And I went to art school, so I've really been invested in art. And I love like animation and stuff, but that stuff just takes so much time. And I feel like I'd be deeper into that side of the that side of things because a lot of artists that I do follow, especially animators, one thing they do talk about is this, a similar issue where they do have a backlog of games or they don't play a lot of games. Um, and so one of the, the ways that they, I guess, appreciate games is more on the art side. You know they're they're completely just ignorant, not in a bad way, but of how games actually work, and so just being able to I guess see the what do you call it the trade off to you know what what you decide to spend your time in because nobody as much as we all like to nobody can learn everything you know you can't know everything about everything and so yeah. I kind of made the choice I guess do I want to experience this thing or do I want to really invest time in making it and risk not experiencing it quite as much and enjoying it in that way. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would be more creative cuz to me like when I'm creative, like 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 when I say creative, I mean like making more writing more blogs or making more videos on YouTube. Maybe say productive instead. I w- I wouldn't even say productive. I you know, you're producing. I would probably start doing more things with my hands. Like, I'd probably get into woodworking or something, but I wouldn't do it with the goal to be good at woodworking. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I want to one day sell my woodworking. So you just have a different hobby. Yeah, I would just probably just whittle wood or I'd get some like, all the money I spent on these consoles, I'd buy some like a miter saw and like, you know, a table saw. Yeah. And I just, because to me, I feel like, I'd have to find something that could allow me to be in another place while still being here. And I feel like mm. I've had those experiences. Like the smell of wood just cutting, that smell is like... Oh, yeah. Sawdust smells great. 
Yeah, you know, like that burnt, when you're cutting something, you smell the wood burning as it's also getting cut. It's like, there's something special about that. So I feel like I would get invested in that or or I'd build things or something. I think I'd do more mechanical engineering stuff. Like, maybe mm-hmm. like mess around with my, well, maybe not my car. I ain't got money like that. But <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I'd like build objects like a chair or I'd like do random things around the house more, you know, like I'd have to, I'd have to find some way to kind of like keep my mind busy, but it couldn't be work. Like it couldn't be something that actually benefits me. Like it has to be, it has to be something that's sufficiently different from work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't, (laughs) I'd make birdhouses because birdhouses serve no purpose, but I wouldn't make like, you know, (laughs) oh babe, I'm going to make another Yo, you just took shots at somebody out there. No, I mean, I mean, I think bird making bird houses. Some bird is really cold right now <laughs> in this winter night. I think bird houses have as much value as getting doves in Fortnite. Like, okay. it's just for me, <laughs> you know. Wow. Like, and I and I don't mean no slight, no shade. Like, it's just people have different strokes of thing, you know, things that float their boat, you know. So speaking of doves in Fortnite. What, do you think that you would be more invested in Muay Thai? No. Competitively? No, because the thing is, like, Muay Thai is physical. Like, like the reason I like Muay Thai is because I feel stronger as a human after. Mm. Like, yeah. not just physically, but, like, mentally. You know, I feel like I go into the gym. I learn something new. Somebody, you know, we work on it. Like, there's no danger in... The, the classes like nobody's punching you it's just like i feel more proficient at something and i also feel that i could protect my family better you know and i feel stronger and i know my, my wife feels more safe around me you know um that's 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 just how i feel so i think it's like a completely different part of me like sure i don't go oh should i play games or should i work out for muay thai like they don't they're completely different. Like they well, don't well, I, I meant like the competitive aspects, but I guess you're not necessarily getting it. What you're saying is that you're not finding enjoyment from beating someone up or getting beat up in Muay Thai. Uh, yes, I, I definitely, I definitely like. It's similar to me in breakdancing. I do enjoy the competitive side. That's why I like want to get better. But it's competitiveness with consequences, and so I'm not going to compete as frequently. That's that's probably a way to put it. So yeah, like I like that there's no consequence on me failing making a birdhouse. You know, it's just like ah, sure, didn't get a dub this time. I'll make another birdhouse. You know, oh, I see um, what you're saying. Yeah, I probably read more. Like I said earlier, books. Yeah, having fun isn't hard when you if got, you got a, a library library card. card. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. Shout out to the Arthur fans out there. Um Is that was was that rhyme from Arthur? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's why I don't know it. It, it comes what? from the same it comes from the same episode. Jekyll Jekyll High, Jekyll High, Die Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll, Jekyll High. That song Jekyll went high. way too hard, son. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I never I never watched Arthur. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur is First of all, we got to talk about D.W. being one of the most savage human beings that has ever existed <laughs> on this planet. She has said some things that I don't even think, like, adults could say. 
Like <laughs> she's out of pocket, man. Like out of the mouth of babe. <laughs> yeah, she rude. She just rude. She's ruthless. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Ruthless, man. It's like <laughs> anyway. Um so now that you guys have thought through how your life would be or like what you would spend your time doing or pursuing, you know, if if there were no games in your life, do you feel sad that you're missing out on pursuing those things because you do have games in the, in your life? Do you think you're miss do you think you're missing out? Hmm. So, I think no because those things would be filling the void that not being a gamer would leave. But since I am, you know, I think it I think it would be the I would have pretty much the same perspective. I'd be doing those things but then wondering, you know, if I was actually a gamer, you know, how things would be. But I think I think at least for me, wondering what how things would be is is always kind of a per- perpetual thing that I don't think is particularly negative, you know. Just, that's fair. <clears throat> so, well, that's that's one way to answer. I I you know feel free to answer the same way, Brad. Mm-hmm. What I kind of was getting at was, do you think that these other time spenders that you mentioned mm-hmm. are like more valuable? Value, yeah, exactly. More valuable or like a better use of your time, like. So not necessarily like the grass is greener, but that you would be a better person, more well-rounded, mm. more productive or whatever. It's, it's weighing the opportunity cost. Like and like doing this thing, I can't do this thing. So my, my thought is, I think one thing is that I fundamentally am an introvert. So I think that gaming has been good for me because... I think I wouldn't necessarily get some of the communal aspects that I get from gaming in some other activity. Like, say I got into woodworking, I probably wouldn't do it with other people. You know, like I would just make my birdhouses by myself. I would make my chairs, my benches. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe maybe I'd in, interact with somebody who does that too, and maybe we do it together. But you know, I feel like there's a part of me that would just do it by myself. You'd I just think become that, a crazy bird man. Yeah, I'd be like a hermit bird, <laughs> crazy bird man. Do you want to see my bird house? <laughs> um, I was just waiting for him to do a voice. Um, was, you knew it was coming. <laughs> it was <perfect>. um, <laughs> and uh, but but I think one thing that gaming is, is, I think it's allowed me to connect with people in ways that I would never be able to in any other capacity. Because even in Muay Thai, I fight people. They punch me, I punch them. There's some camaraderie, but we don't really like talk. Like, sure. we don't really talk when we're playing Fortnite. We goof off, but there's just, it's just levels of like intensity. And I feel like I have connections with my wife because of Overcooked that I would never have with her if it wasn't yeah. for gaming. Over birdhouses. I think, I think about that story you told in Journey where like you're playing online with some rando. Mm-hmm. And you guys kind of had a moment where, like, you, I don't know, he fell and you, like, went back to get him or something and you're helping lead him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or the guys in Fortnite where, like, you'll you'll meet a guy in Fortnite and you'll decide, even though he's not on your team and you're not talking, you'll just decide to, like, team up and, like, goof off and hang out. Yeah. yeah. Those, like, those you, you're having, like, a poignant moment with strangers that you don't get from punching strangers in the face. Yeah. And I think any other hobby would probably be similar. Not similar in the sense that I would never have those moments. Yeah, like I'd have to go out of my way to show people my woodworking 
And I feel like there's something nice about the casualness of gaming and also the deep, like how deep it is in the community. Like there's a community, even if we don't play with each other, you know what I'm saying? Like you can go on a forum on Reddit and you everybody's like together, you know? Sure, I'm pretty sure this is board Birdhouse Reddit, right? But like, I don't know. I just feel there's something, I feel like I'm a part of something greater than myself. And as an introvert, I'm not a person who would naturally want to be a part of anything. So I think gaming has made me a better person fundamentally at the core. Hmm. Yeah. Of who I am. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah I as as I was, Oh, go ahead. Finish what you're thinking. I was just going to say, it, it just sounds like, I guess the choice to be a gamer has been less about, I guess the choice of playing games and more of making a choice to be less lonely some degree yeah it's interesting you bring up choice i i think that i didn't make the choice like the way i got to where i am now i don't think was necessarily by choice i just followed what i enjoyed Mm -hmm. but now i'm i'm like making the choice to stay invested in this you know industry or not industry i'm not part of the industry but (laughs) to stay invested in this space a gaming giant Right, yeah, as as the well-known uh, Shoop. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah, earlier as I as I was talking and I'm like, yeah, I would probably be more productive and I would like follow my hobbies and I learned this and that. I couldn't help but feel a tinge of like regret. Like, oh, you know, how would I be different if, if I wasn't quote unquote wasting my time <laughs> um, with all these video games? I would, uh, but I, mm-hmm. I think overall, I well, go ahead, say your thing. Yeah, I was gonna say just to just to on that point, I do think that I would probably be more, uh, have more tangible skills. Like in a zombie apocalypse, I'd probably be more useful being able to do woodwork than I would be able to do like Fortnite dances. Like I think fundamentally, from a human perspective, I would have better skills. But I do think that these skills are skills that I probably wouldn't get anywhere else, which is the social skills. Um, They've still served yeah, you yeah. well. Yeah. I was about to say in a, in a zombie apocalypse, it might be useful to be like a woodworker. It probably would be, but I think in any Armageddon scenario, we also need people who are like humans. Yeah. You know? So I, I think that's probably something you've useful that you've picked up from, from video games, you know, people who read and experience and do things like that. Um, you got me thinking about a, yeah. uh, and I hate, I hate to quote him, sort of. But <laughs> oh no, it's Gary V. <laughs> it's Gary V, baby. I, I knew it was Gary V. I was like, he about to quote Gary V. Ah, uh, just because. So he he kind of made this distinction a little bit about, or he he has a, a little rant about the what if, you mm-hmm. know, people talking about what if I do this, what if I do that. I don't know which choice to make, and he says to make just make a choice and do it. And he says people make the choice and then they're thinking about, man, what if I would have done the other thing? Now I don't know what my life, my life would be so much different. And then he said, yeah, it would be different. But then he kind of, he takes it really far. He says, yeah, like, so using the woodworking as an example, like, yeah, what if you would have went into woodworking and then you, you had a, a good year of doing woodworking and then one day your machine uh, went haywire and cut your arm off and then you couldn't work anymore. And it's like, well, then you'd be in a worse position than you are now because you've had a successful career doing what you wanted to do from the beginning. And he's mm-hmm. like... And he says that to say, you know, we really just don't know. 
genuinely. And he he, he, he puts a negative, unfortunately, a negative spin on it, saying that maybe the choice you thought was better before is actually the worst choice. But oh, I think oh. in general, the idea is that, you know, the choice you made isn't bad just because you don't know what the other choice is type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then he follows up saying, do you have a family? <laughs> if you have a family, you're putting too much effort in it. I didn't have a family. I I birthed myself and I sold newspapers on the block to crackheads to make when it I here. What's six your months deal? old? When I was six months old. <laughs> I couldn't you know. speak. I lifted my I lifted up my bootstraps by, by myself. <laughs> I made the bootstraps. I made them. Um I breathed life into the earth and I said, <laughs> let there be life. Let there You're be here me. because of me. He <laughs> said, let there be me. Gary <laughs> <laughs> <Carry> V. <laughs> Give me money. So so let me let me ask I guess as we wrap this up, that's a great question, Steve, because it got me thinking. But it got me thinking about this. What is one thing that you've gained from gaming that you don't think you could have gained any other way? Like from this hobby, this thing that we love that we do, maybe it's a skill, maybe it's a a way of thinking, maybe it's whatever. But can you think of anything that gaming gave you that you might not have gotten from another thing? You know what I'm saying? To sound like sentimental. Uh oh. Then don't. Just don't. You got me. Now I'm tearing up over here (laughs) thinking about it. But it genuinely. Gaming is the only reason why I know you guys, oh. and because of because of gaming as the introduction to meeting Brad, that has thrown us into wild adventures and and the sort. And so, like, and that's progressed to now because of gaming, we're now on a podcast, you know. Mm. And so it's like bridging those types of gaps, making those kind of connections. I think, you know. I really appreciate gaming in my life because of that. Well, we appreciate hmm. gaming too. Not you, but game. No, yes, gaming. Really, yeah. we, con- we appreciate gaming. You. I appreciate gaming for the concept of you. <laughs> Being on this podcast is a means to an end. You're like you're like an imaginary friend. Like yeah. But like if if not That's for gaming, Kyle I wouldn't know you guys anymore because negative. it was our connection through our yeah. first job at IBM. And you guys are very far away from me now. And so it's like we, we I, I can almost guarantee that our ties would have been severed. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Kyle came to my wedding. I did come. That's that's yeah. uh I mean, it's kinda weird to think about, but like it's well, as I examine that, I'm like, you know, I've had a lot of good friends over the years. And I had a pretty small guest list at my wedding, mm-hmm. but Kyle was there. I was on the list. Well, I wasn't on the list, but I, I still showed up. You were on the list. I, I was there too. Just just for people to know, I was I there too. <laughs> yeah, but that's like not as that's not as amazing, right? Because I've, I've known yeah. you outside yeah, of gaming, yeah, yeah. Georgia Tech. But because yeah. of gaming, Kyle was there too. Because of gaming, because Kyle. of gaming. I mean, not to, not to cheapen my relationship. <laughs> that that with Kyle, should just be like, <laughs> yeah, because of gaming. Um, the the idea of Kyle came to mind. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Steve? Anything? I mean, no, that's real. I appreciate the cow. Human connection, yeah. honestly, without Human. gaming. Yeah. And kind of what I was saying earlier, like I feel like I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't have as many friends or <laughs> no people without gaming. 
I mean, I'll definitely second that. Some of my closest friends from Louisiana were th- I met through a, uh, you know, a gaming clique. Um, and I still keep up with a couple of them to this day. To this day. day. Um, I was just, I was, I knew I was baiting that. <laughs> I, I hate it when you guys do that, but I baited it. I did it on purpose. It's my own fault. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely second that friendships specifically with Kyle, but also specifically with a few others. Um, I'm trying to think definitely a way of thinking, you know, my perspective has been colored by the experiences that I've had. Um, and you know, it's opened my eyes to like the ideas, ideas of the way that the world could be Mm -hmm. if like physics were different, but also just like, (laughs) you know, in an alternate world. And some of that, I do think I could get from books. So, you know, fair is fair. I do think, I might have still turned out similar to how I am. But, um, you know, I wonder how much I would be interested in, like, computing and programming if I had not liked games as a kid. And that's become my whole career, you know. So I might have an entirely different career than I have now. Ooh. Yeah. I might actually be using my degree (laughs) if I hadn't been into games. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't. You know you would. Look here, kids. When you get a degree, don't use it. Was it like yeah. 20% of graduates actually use their degree? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's less, man. It probably is less. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I think about like every time I watch a modern show or even an old show where kids are in high school and they're about to go into college and they're all like freaking out about like what college to pick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't freak out. Just like go to a college you like and, and live life. That's, and that's not gonna like destroy you with that. <laughs> yes, oh, please and, uh, preach. You know, take a major that you're interested in. Um, don't rule has, out trade schools. Don't rule out trade schools. Yeah, you know, you can learn valuable skills and start a career very quickly with trade schools. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, college is basically just long form day camp. It's just like a holding ground for adolescence. Like it just keeps you, yeah. you know, it just delays. It does. You know, if, if high school is like preschool and college is like, yeah, they can't take care. But, but, you know, to kind of like echo both of what y'all said. One, of course, as I meant, like you said, Kyle, like I wouldn't know y'all and I wouldn't also know a lot of other people as well. But I mean, I was telling somebody the other day. Oh, actually, shout out to Beth. One of, uh, you know, uh, she's retiring. Shout out to her. Realist. Um, yeah. Good old Beth. You know, I was chatting with her and just catching up. We hadn't talked in a while. And That's I was cool. just telling her, like, I still ch- talk with y'all basically daily, <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, like, we talk all the time, like, daily, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it occurred to me, like, wow, like, a lot of this is just genesis of, yeah, of course, game development, me and Kyle, of course, Steve, you know, being back in college, but also just our mutual love for gaming, our mutual ability to tolerate each other (laughs) but i feel like the gaming element kind of binds us but also i think the big thing is what you said steve the creative thinking or the different thinking um i think out of the box i think like gaming and anime have done this for me that they've really made me consider how i think like Mm. i see the world like i grew up in a community where most people look like me they were black and they like the same music as me. And they like the same things as me. And it's easy to just be that. 
But gaming exposed me to different countries, different languages, different I, ways of thinking, different, like, just things that I never, mm-hmm. in my little stone mountain box that I grew up in, I would have never experienced, For you know? Sure. And now I can connect with people from across the world in ways that I couldn't have without gaming. Like, I can meet a guy or a girl from a completely different country and be like, have you played Ocarina of Time? Oh, my gosh, I love Ocarina of Time. We immediately connect, you know? Um, but also, it helped, it's helped me to creatively think outside of the box. And I think one of the skills and one of the gifts that I, God has given me is creativity. But I think gaming has amplified that, you know? to a point where I feel like I can look at any scenario and think of it in a very creative new approach. And I think I get a lot of that from gaming. And of course, another thing is I think strategy. Gaming has taught me strategy. Oh, for <laughs> like, sure. Like, yeah. I'm a big strategy gamer. And so it's just natural now for me to think about how do you approach something in my job, in my marriage, in my friendship. Yeah, that's an extremely yeah. useful, like, real-world mm-hmm. skill. Oh, and one last thing. It has taught me perseverance. Ooh. Like, to, if you, mm, as a programmer. Come on now. The one thing that I can tell somebody is going to good is is made for programming is how quickly a very difficult problem breaks them. Mm. Like, if you're like, you know, I'm done with this. I can't do this no more. I can't do it. I'm like, okay, cool. But I feel like gaming prepared me for game uh, for programming because hitting that wall, being on that same difficult boss or difficult platforming section or what have you <laughs> for two, three hours. Days. Days. Weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, Not a week. weeks <laughs> as a kid. Super Nintendo games. Weeks, yeah. son. Months. Matter of fact, I still haven't beat the spider boss. In, in, Mega Man? in Ninja Gaiden 2. Oh, that's <laughs> He tried when last I was week. four years old. I played that game up until I was like 10. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Never beat the spider boss. But I never gave up. <laughs> and I feel like it's taught me. You eventually, you eventually gave up. I gave up just because we didn't have our NES like around us anymore. Other systems came yes, around. So yeah. you got to redeem yourself your next stream. <laughs> I got to find Ninja Gaiden 2. But uh, I say that to say it's taught me perseverance and something that I don't think I could have gotten. Maybe maybe I could have gotten it through martial arts or like Boy Scouts or something. But man, come on. Sure. Come on. Really? I think one of the unique things, though, is like what you're per- persevering through is like persevering through real world scenarios. I don't want to downplay in any in any way. But I think because of the vastness of gaming experiences and how varied the trials are, like you just instinctively, because the real world, by comparison, is so tame, I think it just makes it easier to break down stuff in the real world versus how, uh, what, what, like, even arbitrary sometimes that the stuff we deal with while gaming is. And it's like, oh, this isn't so bad, <laughs> you know, whenever we're dealing with a, an actual problem. So mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of brings, yeah, like you were saying earlier, it brings your creative thinking to a level that many people will never even consider because they never exercise that side of their brain, you know, if you will. Yeah. There's nothing like being in Fortnite in in a situation where you don't know what to do and you just have to like navigate it. And sometimes you lose and sometimes you win. And and you learn something and and it even like 
tells me something about my real life. Like, huh, I need to consider a different approach because every time I do this, I, I lose. I fail. Yeah. You, know? you find yeah. out how you are under pressure. Oh, yeah. I was going to say something similar to perseverance is patience. You know, I think that especially considering the house I grew up in, which I won't specify anything past that. I have I'm a, I'm a surprisingly chill person in the face of, you know, things that would give other people anxiety, mm. things that give my wife anxiety. Um, and she's commented on that. She's like, oh, you're so calm. And I think, just, I don't know, maybe I'm overdoing it. But I think to some extent that comes from having to be patient with not just losing in a game, but like be patient with frustration from like a game coming, like taking too long to come out or loading screens a game a game being boring and i just want to finish it Mm. you know or like yeah there's there's you 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 have a lot of experiences that aren't necessarily comparable to real world experiences but are still exercising your self-control and your uh you know your other virtues I i think especially in like multiplayer gaming if you play with randos you get the opportunity to learn patience with others. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> or hate for yeah, others. Yeah, like I I've I've learned like, you know, I slip up sometimes. I play Smash Bros online and I uh when I lose, I can get pretty heated, but like I've learned to just, you know, first of all, not to get that heated, but also to realize like when I need when it's time to quit and like, you know, control the urge to just keep playing to come out ahead. Mhm. But, like, to take care of myself and, and exercise some self-care and just, you know, realize it's time. I'm done. I'm, I'm just getting angry. Yeah. I think gaming definitely teaches you how to deal with failure. Like, you've ever oh, played yeah. with those kids who n- clearly have never either played with other people. Like, as a kid. Like, as only child who's never lost in something or never not gotten what they wanted. And they just rage. You know, like, Meltdown. they just rage. And definitely like you said you get upset i get upset i remember one fight in Fortnite. i literally like was so mad at my decision making i I remember the exact moment we're in a shield bubble i'm reviving steve and i was like somebody's gonna shoot me if i don't move or if i don't do this and i know it and i see that shield bubble waning and it boom it goes away i get shot immediately luckily i got steve up i think at the moment but i was so mad at myself because i knew Oh my goodness, I could have done that differently, right? And I slapped my knee, but at the same time, I was like, ah, it happens, you know? But I feel like that comes from years of failure and failure and failure and failure and failure, you know, that I know how to deal with it now in these moments and in life. So not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily translate one one to one, to one but I definitely think, uh, I, I mean, come on, Steve, you have played Hades to an extent that none of us have. I think that takes patience, perseverance, <laughs> the ability to deal with failure, and just some part of your spirit is stronger than ours. <laughs> there you is know? there is definitely a special pain that comes from having like a really, really good, uh, really, really good loadout because it's all randomized in the game um, and then losing and you lose like that. You know, there's when you're playing and you're overpowered, it's really satisfying. But then if you die... You lose that loadout, and it, there's a sense of loss. Like, dang, if only I had played better, mm-hmm. I could have gone all the way. Yeah. Especially if you lose to like the, a careless dash or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, or like you just feel like it was unlucky or unwarranted. On the other hand, now that you bring it up, I think about like if you have a really crappy loadout 
and you're like, all right, how do I make the best mm. of a bad situation? Mm, like, point. how do I, you know, not just give up mentally and be like, whatever, I'll just play until I die. But actually say, all right, let me see what I can do to make this work. Man, it's so satisfying in those moments when you have like a crappy loadout, but then you keep trying and like maybe you find a strategy that's really good or you just have to rely on, you know, your your pluck to get through. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I made it. So, yeah. Yeah, learn a lot. yeah no, I think that, that reminds me of a moment. Uh, I don't remember if we actually won the game, but I know we got to the very end where like we died, like multiple of us has died and it was just Steve at the end. And it was Steve oh, yeah. versus basically a full team. And and I was running. And he was like, so Steve <laughs> knocks one guy, beats one guy, but there's two other dudes. And all of us are dead. And Steve has to, like, like, I mean, naturally you go to yourself, well, it doesn't matter. We're gonna we're all dead. We're going to be low on loot. We're going to be, you know what I'm saying? The game is over. Steve doesn't give yeah, up. Yeah, even if I respawn you, you're gonna, we're going to be at a disadvantage. We're going to be at a disadvantage. But we're all encouraging him. Hey, Steve, just go here. Go up here. Slide here. Go here. And he makes it. He survives. He revives us. We come back. We're all in a bad shape but we still just keep on trucking keep on fighting and i think we pulled out the dub but i can't remember did we win we at least i think we did too. In the top like three or something yeah like we were yeah, we, either, we did really like well. we either got second or we won or whatever <laughs> i but, remember that one but to me those are moments of triumph that i don't get to really see in my real life how but they but they remind me don't give up you can yeah. always turn like you said you can always turn around a bad situation and it's so cheesy to say that, but it's like super real, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you don't, you know, at least you tried. Yeah. And and that's, because and, you know, I don't see, I guess, how you would get, I guess, repeated opportunities in safe spaces like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. outside of gaming. I mean, yeah, you can read stories and watch movies of people overcoming things and maybe be motivated by it, inspired by it. But until you actually put yourself through it, you really don't know what you're going to do in those moments. True. Very true. Yeah. And I, and I feel like even in real, like now I'm doing Muay Thai, you know, I lost my first fight. Right. But I'll be honest, it wasn't any different to me than if I won it. Because to me, the failure is just like, OK, cool. I know what I need to be better at. But I was there at that tournament watching some people when they failed, it looked like they were broken. Yeah. Like, matter of fact, my parents thought that I won the fight because at the end, like, my hands were up and I was smiling. The other guy's, like, mouth was open and he looked real tired. But, like, mm-hmm. to me, I was like, it didn't even matter to me because this is, like, that a step up in competition. It's, like, in mm-hmm. a game. You beat him in spirit. Yeah. Like, I won in spirit. I didn't lose. I didn't take an L, but I didn't get the dub, you know? Like, yeah. And I feel like in games, it's the same when you play like a better Smash player than you or, you know, a better Halo player. Like you just got worked. Like we how many times in Fortnite is like, yo, we lasted much longer than we should have. <laughs> yeah, you, you start on the wrong foot, mm-hmm. but we still pull through. Mm-hmm. Like even if we lose, sometimes this is good, that moral victory. And I don't think you yeah. can get that easily in life. The game gives you- yeah, I play a lot. Of, I play. A, I used to play a lot of Smash against a group of people that are pretty good at Smash. And I mean, I've done this before where like you lose, uh, you lose a really early stock and it just demoralizes you because you're like, man, I'm not going to come back from this. And I've, I've been there, you know, I've actually been demoralized, but Mm -hmm. I also see it happen to others and I'm always trying to encourage like, Hey man, don't, you know, 
don't get in your feelings. Like, let's try to finish it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I think it gives you the opportunity to realize what your standard is, too. Like, where your expectations lie. Because if they real. do lie with the people that you know are better than you or something that's outside of yourself, then you're going to get frustrated every single time. But if it's like the examples Brad's making is we're we're improving within ourselves, you know, and, you know, we're, we're having the little victories that maybe only matter to us because in the grand scheme of things, yeah, if you're looking at the, the, the score tally, only the last team wins, quote unquote, these battles. But, you know, if that's not where your fun lies, if that's not where your victory lies or the value that you're getting <laughs> out of it. Yeah. How many times have we got wiped by Absolutely. a team and then they go to win? They like that team ends up winning and we're like, yeah, yeah. the winners kill us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> feeling. It's like, ah, yeah, we lost for the best. <laughs> yeah, or like one dude came through and just killed all yeah. of us and you're like, oh, that guy's strong. Yeah, Level 256. Yeah. It took him to kill like, us. You know, it's like, nah. <laughs> when the guy beats us and you're like, I think he's cheating. Like, you know, he's so good. You're like, he has Well, to I mean, that's, that's probably not a good mentality to nah. have. But. <laughs> But like, yeah, you know, just make, take, taking the little victories and your loss is what I'm getting. Yeah, do. we've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah. A little tangent. <laughs> so, so little tangent. I definitely want to wrap up this episode. We've been going for a while. I think we could talk about this even longer. Um, I did want to share one last story that I thought has, I think, has as man as a man as a person. As I think that game gaming has had an impact on me in a way that I I never thought. So, uh, I I think we I should you know we were talking about how I used I really am into game informers replay or super replay where they play replay games so there's a particular uh guy who works at game informer his name is andrew reiner they call him reiner and he's always on the episodes he's like a editor like a senior editor um but one thing that he taught me as an individual is how to be more of an encourager and less of a criticizer Mm. because He'd be watching people play a game and they'd be getting worked. But instead of saying, hey, do this, do that, do this, he would be more like, oh, if you just try this, you'll be better. He's like, oh, that was great. Oh, that was great. But like, try to, you know, like he, he taught me something about my personality. Like I'm naturally a criticizer. Like that is just who I am. And it's easy for me to critique people. Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. And y'all play games with me. You probably know that. But I think he... And watching somebody, how they played a game, taught me how to be better in, like, work. Like, now when I'm, in like, working with people who might not be as adept as me or doing as well, instead of, like, out of the box criticizing them, I realized, you know what? They did something good. Like, even if it's not to the degree that I wanted, they did something good. Let me encourage them, you know? You're and not I feel complete like, trash. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like even in Fortnite, once again, I, I'm not perfect, but I do feel that I have a better experience and I enjoy playing with y'all more because I can see a lot of the great things y'all do instead of the other way around where I'm like, oh, he missed that shot or, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like I can I can really enjoy the experience more because I'm like, oh, that was really fun. Like, I love how Steve did this and like he threw that bubble down at the perfect time and then we all moved this way and da, da, da. Like instead of saying like, oh, you should have thrown the bubble three degrees to the left, you know, like <laughs> that's who I naturally am, you know. So I feel like gaming has taught me to be, to be honest, a better person in some ways. Um, mm. So never stop. Never stop gaming. Never stop. You'll be better but for it. But it's also a choice because there are plenty of trolls who true, also true. know that about themselves but continue to be that person. They don't self-evaluate. 
and change. Even in some, many of them don't get the criticism because they shout at somebody and then immediately disconnect. So, <laughs> but if just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that self evaluation is important and realizing that maybe I flew off the handle there. You know, maybe yeah. I'm doing too much. And I feel like it's a safe environment. Gaming has taught it's a safe environment for me to grow. You know, y'all are y'all are a lot more patient than my boss. I can't be yelling at my boss. Throw the bubble shield down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I mean, if there's anything I take away from this is like, there's many reasons why we still play games, and it's hard for me to imagine us stopping in our life for sure. Um, yeah, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, and, it has to be know. taken away. Taken, literally taken. Unless we lose Fortnite seven times in a row and I give up, I swear off the video game forever. <laughs> just breaks your spirit, like yeah, <laughs> you know all this, all this talk about perseverance and pluck. <laughs> I feel like I have a baby, if you got shot in the head seven times by like a heavy sniper, like that is the worst feeling to just get killed like almost instantly. If that happened seven yeah. times, I, I could see that breaking a person's spirit. for sure. Time to put it down. Yeah. Just, I'm done. I'm done here. You gave but, um, it your best. <laughs> I gave my best. I'm done with gaming. But really, honestly, like, gaming is a part of our heart. It's made us who we are. And, yeah, like, there's other things we could be doing with our time that could be, quote, unquote, more productive. But I feel like I'm happy. I'm happy with being a gamer. Happy being an adult. People. Being a gamer. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for kicking it. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I feel like it was real. It was, like, super real going into places we've probably never gone and thought about. As, as gamers but um yeah think about why, why you game what keeps you going and if you're not a gamer it's time to reconsider uh it so, is time it is time um the brick but so uh <laughs> sorry oh my lord <laughs> i'm so sorry wow. um so anyway thank you so much for listening first of all thank you kyle thank you for being here always a pleasure it's always i'm bowing he's bowing and of course thanks to brother steve thank you brother thank you brother steve Hasta mañana, Senor Bradstone. Yes, yes, Senor uh, Burro. <laughs> Dang. You took it there. I was trying to think of a positive word. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but as you can see, I only know like seven Spanish words and they're all negative. So um. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just dookie. <laughs> uh, cucaracha. So, um, oh, there you, you go. Know, oh, wow. uh, and, uh, you know, thank you for allowing me thank to be you, here Thank you, Brad. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And uh, as always, know that you can listen to us everywhere. We're all over the internet. If you don't know where to find us, just search us on Google, Super Agile Bros. You'll find us. We're on YouTube, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We everywhere in these streets. So please find us, listen to us, share it with your friends, leave a comment, leave a review. And of course, I want to shout out to our Discord community. Honestly, y'all are the best. I love watching the conversations happen there. I learned so much from y'all. Y'all have, I wouldn't be playing Triangle Strategy without y'all. Shout out to Bad Me, you know. Um, and uh, thank you so much for, um, yeah, just being a part of our super agile nation. Um, so anyway, until next time, y'all take it easy. Peace. Adios. Adios, señor.